Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Zerkodowski here of thebestpoliticalshow.com, as of course we are going to be going live for the next two hours with some very interesting people in studio, one of them late, that we're going to scorn, as of course there's a lot of very important news happening right now that we're going to be getting into in this particular broadcast, specifically when it comes to the larger border and immigration dispute, as there's a lot to talk about, as many people are describing what is happening now as a betrayal to the American people. We got a lot of different videos that we want to play, even some surprising statements from Al Sharpton, as of course, Tucker Carlson is in Russia. And, uh, of course, the Chilean SWAT team is still struggling in the <laughs> UAE. We're going to be getting into all of that, plus a lot more, all for the next two hours. So don't forget to share this broadcast with your friends and family members, as, of course, you get to also participate in the conversation. One easy and quick way to do that is to just sign up to LukeUnfiltered.com. We got the link down in the description. Click it right now, sign up, and then for less than $8 a month, you get exclusive videos, special reports, meetups, giveaways, short discounts, and a lot of other perks, especially if you sign up for our more premium memberships. But the best thing that you get is the ability to actually call into the show and ask us any questions you want, unscripted. You can show us whatever you want. You take it as far as you want, especially when we go over to Rumble in the second hour, all through, of course, LukeUnfiltered.com. Another way to participate is, of course, through MySuperChat.com. Another way to, of course, put text on the screen during the video. Any Rumble rants, any Super Chats will, of course, be read. But the best way to do the Super Chats is through MySuperChat.com, as, of course, they only take a 3% service charge. YouTube? 30% service charge. That's a lot of service charges. Joining us for this conversation and someone who is not late is Michael Thompson. Michael, uh, for the people who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? As, of course, you do a lot of things locally here in Florida, and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, but first, how would you introduce yourself? I, my name is Michael Thompson. I work in a regulated industry that we can't really say on YouTube, but it has something to do with the number four, two, and zero. We'll just put it at that. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Very, uh, very uh, lovely numbers that a lot of people on the internet really do love. Uh, Clint's favorite number, uh, can, can you guess? Usually it's involved six and nine, right, Clint? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm definitely also a high school boy. Um, <laughs> Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown. I will have Dave Smith on the show on Thursday night, live at 9 o'clock, so make sure you guys subscribe to Liberty Lockdown, audio podcatcher, YouTube, Rumble, wherever. But most importantly... Pick up your phone right now and type in The Best Political Show and then subscribe on your RSS so that you never miss an episode of the show. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, it is at Liberty Lock Pod. We got Steph on the buttons. Steph on the buttons. Steph, we are changed. Ready to push them. Steph always talks way too much. Of course, as we await our final guest to come here, Martha Bueno, she's a little bit late, just like most uh, Latin women here in Miami, but <laughs> that's okay. It, it, it happens. The traffic here in Miami is pretty brutal, but uh, without further ado, let's just jump into the first topic of discussion, 
And that is the crazy situation happening right now in the southern border of the United States, as the Daily Mail has an article describing how the knives are out for Mitch McConnell over his border bill. And I would just like to clarify, it's not a border bill. It's a military-industrial complex bill. It's a bill meant to, of course, further conflict in the Middle East, inside of Europe, as predominantly, overwhelmingly, the amount of money goes to the military-industrial complex and no one else. What, what border are you talking about? As, of course, there's a lot of different provisions here that, that absolutely do not secure anything other than a democratically controlled political system that there is no way of turning back from. That's the only thing that this thing secures. Definitely doesn't secure the southern border, as, of course, many people are saying that this bill is an absolute betrayal of the American people. And that's what we labeled this video, because it, it's it's absolutely true. $60 billion in military aid to Ukraine, excuse me, weapons to Ukraine, $40 billion in weapons to, to Israel. Uh, yeah, yeah, and $20 billion for border security, which is not even security, as, of course, the, the, the provisions there are just really mind-boggling. I don't know if you guys were able to see this kind of proposition, but but do these guys just hate us, or do they think we're stupid? Which one Which one do you think it is? Well, my, my big concern is that, well, it's both. <laughs> they, think, they think we're stupid and they hate us. <laughs> but well, what's amazing about it is that the the daily encounters the only way that this actually caps out and the president will then allegedly do something about it is that if there is 5000 per day 5000 per day is an astronomical figure that's 60000 per month that's you know it's it's a do really, the math here clunk how many yeah. is that per year uh that would be 720000 720, yep he don't, got don't it. save them i got it at the same time <laughs> uh but it, i mean that's that's the the cap but here's the here's the crazy thing in the details it gives the president of the united states joe biden it gives him the opportunity to completely dismiss the entire bill if he ever decides to do to do so based off of uh, emergency circumstances what what that means who knows it's a total black box he can just decide to to not enforce the border at his will also it does nothing to address the crisis until after the election it, it doesn't actually go into effect until the end of this year so there is there is literally nothing offered to the american people that are concerned with the border issues well over $80 billion gets shipped off to Ukraine and and Israel. I mean, it is, it's insulting beyond belief. Yeah, and with the way that Joe Biden has been acting, interfering in what Texas has been doing, specifically making sure that there was an emergency Supreme Court hearing to make sure that people could walk into the southern border, you, you could bet your bottom dollar he could just declare any kind of emergency at any time, and he probably would if he becomes reelected, if he becomes sentient, if he becomes conscious, if he becomes self-aware of what's, what's actually going on here. As of course, it's not him calling the shots here. There's a bigger power uh, beyond him that, that is really exploiting what essentially is human trafficking and, and weaponizing it as, as a political tool of leverage. This is, this is something that uh, even Donald Trump described as a, quote, death wish for the Republican Party, as this is a bill that the Republicans uh, agreed to, which is just absolutely mind-boggling, to say the least. Bueno is in the building. What's up, Martha? How are you doing? Hey. <laughs> we're, we're talking immigration. Let's get into a fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the other crazy thing about this bill is that it, it transfers asylum uh, hearings to the D.C. court. So it's going to make it so that D.C., which is one of the most corrupt courts in the country already, they're going to be the ones that actually decide who, who is a viable asylum seeker and who is not. 
Uh, I just, I can't for the life of me understand how they thought that they were going to get this thing through. Fortunately, it appears at this, at this juncture that the GOP is in the, in the house is pretending that they're going to play hardball and that they're not even going to take it up for a vote. I don't, I don't know that I trust that. I think that they'll ultimately end up watering it down slightly and passing it, but I'm very curious to get, uh, to get Martha's take. Cause she and I have the reason I said, let's fight. We've already duked it out over the immigration issue in the past. So well, what's your, what are yeah. your thoughts on the well, new bill? Well, I think, I think Atlas is a little uh, interested <laughs> in me at the moment. So I'm sorry. I'm occupied. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but I, but I think it's fair to say that a lot of people were waiting to be disappointed by the Republicans because everyone expected this kind of proposal to come through, but this is a real disappointment since, again, they prioritize spending for the military industrial complex rather than, you know, actually doing anything legitimate, concrete or beneficial to everyone and all the parties involved here. Now, the governor of Texas had some very interesting comments on Fox News that I think are worth playing before Martha gets settled in and we get to introduce her. But this is what the governor of Texas had to say just a few hours ago. Biden says he needs Congress uh, to give him the power to do whatever he needs to do to secure the border. The fact is, as we all saw from what President Trump did, the president of the United States has the power. I must emphasize this. Uh, There is an obligation. There are laws uh, in the United States uh, that require the president to deny illegal entry of any illegal immigrant. And then if they do get into the United States, he has a legal obligation to detain those illegal immigrants. Joe Biden is failing at both of those duties. And that's exactly what gives Texas the authority uh, to make sure that we can step up and secure our own border and protect our own state through self-defense. That's his interpretation, as, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court actually ruled against him and ruled in favor of the Biden administration, who said, no, you got to let people in, as, of course, this debate sparked this larger kind of proposition for this bill, this bill that, of course, they're trying to ram through a whole bunch of different crazy stuff. Martha, you've been talking about this issue for a very long time. First, introduce yourself. Who are you? Um, as, of course, we got a lot to talk about, especially what's going on in Florida. We're going to get into that in the second portion of this broadcast, as, of course, it's not YouTube-friendly. But introduce yourself, and then what are your kind of thoughts about what's happening right now with this kind of debate? All right, so thanks, Luke, um, and thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Martha Bueno, and I am a longtime activist for all sorts of things, including cannabis. I'm also a uh, entrepreneur, uh, just launched a cannabinoid business. And um, what do I think about immigration? <laughs> this country was founded on immigration, which is, I think, the point that uh, we're going to start arguing about in a little bit. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, it, I'm, let's just hop into it. I, I, my, my concern, as I've, I've explained to you in the past, is that you know, what, we, what we saw just a decade ago was that the, the federal figures were approximately three hundred to 400,000 annually. We're now doing that per month. Is there is there a threshold at which you would go, okay, yeah, this is a problem, or is it just free-for-all? You know, there's this crazy concept that I really like, which is called the free market. And I believe in the free market in all its senses, including in immigration, because you see, here's the thing. No one entity could possibly know what that right number is. I think that the right number comes from the people themselves. So when do we have enough? We have enough when there's not enough things to go around and people start leaving and we'll see that. So, um, it goes even further back. I grew up in Venezuela. We've talked about this before. And back in the day, Colombians wanted to get into Venezuela. Venezuelans really didn't like Colombians. And they're like, no, you can't come in. And they would actively block them and all of that. 
communism took over in Venezuela. We now have an issue. And Venezuelans are, by and large, moving into Colombia. And Colombians are like, sure, come on in. And you see that happening. In the United States, at some point, if we continue down this path, we are going to have a very authoritarian government. And we are going to be begging other countries to allow us to let, him, let us in. And so, you know, um, I just I have to apply those freedoms, that, that ideal that I have, and, and understand that things change. And hopefully it's not us asking Mexico to let us in in the future. Well, I think that the odds of us wanting to be uh, or asking to be let into Mexico will be a a knock-on effect of the economic collapse that comes with, with the social safety net that's imploding. But I, I think that it's a, a huge mistake to think that everyone all over the world has the same freedoms that Americans do. We don't have the freedom to enter their country. Mm-hmm. But but we're going to turn around and say, regardless of how horrifically ran your nations are or how terrible your economies are, you're all welcome to come here. We're not welcome to go there. I just think that it, it it's just kind of like with trade. It has to be a two-way to street. Come in, but not welcome to our resources. We don't owe them anything. We don't owe immigrants a, anything at all. We don't owe them any type of welfare. We don't owe them a place to live. We don't owe them anything. If you can't get a job here and support yourself, you're probably going to want to leave because how can you make it? So the problem I have with our current immigration system has nothing to do with the immigrants and everything to do with the government and the mismanagement of the government. But you understand that the United Nations, as well as NGOs, are being funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars to assist in this process. They're also given money once they arrive. They're also being housed and fed and clothed in many uh, major cities. And so, I don't agree with that. Okay, But it but will probably but collapse the welfare system, which is... A win. I mean, we really want the welfare system to collapse. And what a better way than to overwhelm it well, and, and to show the, the the bitter truth, which is we can't afford to just give away and keep giving away and give away and keep giving away. Like, we can't do this. So the sooner it collapses, the, the better I think we'll just be at the end of the day. Well, I think that's where you and I disagree is that it, the collapse is coming. Um, this is expediting it. But the American people are not going to to look at that and and say, well, now I want to have a libertarian framework for government. They're going to say, government, save me, government help. It's going to actually increase the size of the state. And I think this is why you have to have some sort of, uh, you know, managed flow of people just simply because it's so it's so significant compared to what historically we've dealt with. Uh, you know, when it was my entire childhood, it was like 200,000 to 300,000 annually. It still very much changed the, the, you know, the electorate in America, but it was, it was manageable. People were able to acclimate to a certain extent. When you're talking three to four million annually, I'd, I'd, it's a, you it's moved a dramatic to Miami shift. from California, correct? You moved to Aventura from, from California, correct? Right. And, and so you understand that Miami a hundred years ago was a swamp uh, uh, city. We, we really didn't have anything at all a hundred years ago. And today, Miami is this mega city. Right. And so we didn't have the infrastructure. We didn't have streets. As a matter of fact, the place that I live in, Kendall, it, it's maybe 60 years old at, at most. And so all of that was built by the immigrants, not just the Cubans and the Venezuelans and the Colombians and the, everybody that's come over, the Bahamians, but even Americans such as yourself. And so it's, it's kind of funny that you can see how you leaving California and them not having your tax dollars and you bringing your businesses and your stuff here and helping Florida, how that is improving Florida and making things better. And, and, you know, you found a place to live, I'm sure. The the, the framing is flawed. You're, you're, 
just you're, because you have the ability to work here and immigrants, we block them from being able to work. If you, immigrants are able to work, then what's the issue? Well, if, if they all come and they work, it's not an issue. The problem is that they don't all come and work, right? Because people are giving them things. And so we go back to the same point. We're, we're going in a circle. Because so well, your, your issue we're going is that at, they're We're going giving- in a circle because you're assuming that I am not saying there's any net positives to immigration. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this level is unsustainable, that it will create cultural divides that, that will be very dangerous. I mean, if you just look at what's happened in Europe, that's exactly what we're seeing. On top of that, you're totally de- de- not, not just diminishing, but really dismissing the fact that the UN and the US government are responsible for funding these migrant flows. This is not organic. This is not just about economic migrants. The fact that you see people come coming from China and Syria and Iraq and Lebanon. And like these, these people are coming through the Darien Gap. There's absolutely no reason for them to be doing that. The reason they're doing that is because it's a UN, uh, you know, ushered in plan. So if that weren't the case, we might have a different discussion, but that is the case. So your issue isn't with immigration. Your issue is with, is with these NGOs who are funding these things that we don't like. And that is a whole different argument than the one from immigration. I, well, I, it's not, though, because it, it, it builds into the immigration plan. Go ahead. I, I think one of the reasons why this is happening, it's very dynamic, right? There's not just one reason. One, one of the things we have to take in consideration is the next administration, right, setting this up for failure. So the, the thing that they would want to see is cameras on a Trump administration of families being ripped apart and people being pulled out from their homes, right? And and although that's probably still happening right now, just like with Obama and the children of the cages and they use the same footage under the Trump administration, I think that, that goes into the calculus uh, that among many, many things. It could also be a dilution of, of culture, right? Um, you have people that that don't really assimilate. They don't, they don't merge in with the culture. They kind of keep, keep their own culture. Um, and I think that could be detrimental to the American dream, the American way of life. And going back into the social uh, welfare aspect of it, you're just talking about more, the government printing more money, chasing the same few of goods, de- debasing the currency, in addition to all the funding that's happening um, overseas for wars that aren't really popular to further fund the military industrial complex. But at the same time, it's it's also you know a a an end to the dollar supremacy the U.S. dollar supremacy. So as Americans, we benefit immensely from the U.S. world reserve currency status, right? We we benefit immensely. We're forcing the rest of the world to buy and sell goods on the U.S. dollar. So we're one of the only few countries that can continue printing money and not really have to suffer the ramifications of it. Whereas other countries where they have to trade their you know, to buy pet to to buy oil, they have to convert their currency to petrodollars to then buy oil. Well, if the government's printing more money, so, you know, and I think we, if, if something, and I know this kind of, this spins off another conversational topic, but if, if something happens where, you know, our entire way of life here in the United States is, is predicated on the world reserve currency status, the way homes are designed are incredibly energy efficient, our price per kilowatt hour, all, all of these things, when we, ha- when our American currency has to compete with other currencies, I think people are going to be in for a, a really, I got I got to push back on one aspect of that. There's this, I think it's a myth that the American people benefit because of the U S dollars reserve currency status. The government certainly does the American people. However, I think, while there are obviously certain benefits, there's also tremendous deleterious consequences. The whole reason that our industry has been offshored is because it's cheaper to build goods in other countries. So this is the this is the reason, and, and actually it contributes to the immigration crisis, is that then 
We also set minimum wage laws that make it so that the domestic population can't get even a, an entry-level position. Then you have these illegal migrants that come in. They're willing to work for five bucks an hour or whatever. Well, then they take up the, the lowest level, the entry-level jobs, which is what's necessary to, to build yourself up. So there's, there's a lot of negative consequences to being the U.S. Uh, or being the reserve currency of the world. And, and I think that oftentimes it's framed as being a, just a total net positive for the American people. Couldn't be further from the truth. On top of that, there's also the empire aspect that we have to force via violence to maintain the, the trading in the U.S. dollar. And that has obviously created a, a mountain of debt, which we are now languishing under inflation because of. So there's there's lots of reasons to push back. But I, I do agree with the, the broader premise that, yes, it has been a benefit. Uh, I, I think the, no, matter, no matter how you look at it, uh, how, however you, you, you cut it, it, it's it's a larger agenda meant to screw people over. And people are getting screwed over. For sure. People are getting robbed of their wealth. People are getting robbed of their futures. People are getting uh, put in, in situations where it's more and more difficult to afford housing, more and more difficult to find a good job. And I think a lot of this is, is done deliberately. Uh, now, just going through some of the headlines that we're reading here, and then we could go off on our kind of opinions about what we think of them, because the Texas governor is doubling down. He's expanding the razor wire, and he's speaking out specifically against even social media, specifically TikTok videos, which according to him are guiding individuals to easily cross into the United States along the southern border. Now, a lot of these people who are crossing into the border, if they're really seeking asylum, they would seek asylum to the country that they're actually fleeing that's actually next to them. So if you're in Africa, you're in Somalia, you got to go to, of course, somewhere like, like Nigeria. If you're, if you're fleeing Zimbabwe, you go somewhere like South Africa. You don't fly halfway across the world and then go through all these countries and then come to the United States and then end up in New York City with a private bus fare and a free cell phone and hundreds of dollars in a prepaid debit card that's going to be handed to you. Obviously, if you're going to be announcing that as well as free medical care and free, you know what, chopping off the you know what surgery in California, you're going to have a lot of people coming in being like, yeah, sure, give me a, give me all this stuff because you're, you're allowing, you're, 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 you're giving it to them on, on a silver platter. And I, and I think that the debate has really shifted and changed where even Al Sharpton is describing what's happening here as an invasion. Here's what he had to say on MSNBC just a couple of moments ago. Well, what is being done to uh, get the public uh, to really uh, rise up in various states to say to their senators that they want to see the borders, uh, the border issue resolved. I mean, you're getting migrants beating up policemen in the streets in New York. You're seeing an influx of migrants all over the country that frankly have people outraged. And couldn't there be some kind of public pressure put in the next couple of days in some of these senator states saying, why are you allowing this to continue? Because at the end of the day, senators have to deal with their voters. And at the same time, it, uh, in the bill, you give uh, uh, money to Gaza, to, to, to civilians in Gaza and Israel. But the border, I mean, we're looking every day at the invasion of migrants and they're playing a time game with politics on this. Couldn't that pressure put to bear in their home states? Wow. Yeah. Is it is it an invasion? Is it fair to describe it that way? What do you guys think? Um, it could be an invasion. It could be. It's definitely seen as an invasion. I don't know that it's an invasion. I, I think at the end of the day, listen, government sucks. Every we say this all the time. Government sucks. Everything they do, they turn to poop. And this isn't anything different than that. And so my, my position on it is this. If, you're, if you are a fan of immigration into America, the last thing you want to do is turn a blind eye as 
4 million people enter annually because I think what you're going to see is a populist rebellion that that ushers in Donald Trump or someone even more extreme right that that really locked it, locks down the border. And I think that's what's coming. I mean, I, I know people could say it's fear mongering, whatever else. I'm just telling you, I, I can I have a pretty good sense of how the American people are are receiving this news and they are not taking it positively. And yeah. that's exactly how it happens all around the world. That right. is exactly it. And you see it in Latin America. People go hard to the left. That doesn't work out. So then they go hard to the right, right. And that doesn't work out. And then they end up electing a dictator. We are on the same path. We're on the same path that we see it over and over and over and over again around the world. And that's where my fear comes in. All of this, I think, is to some degree designed to make us fearful and then choose somebody who is not... Um, a normal person. Unfortunately, we're going to end up, I mean, look at this election. It looks like it's going to be replay of 2020 all over again. And we're all like, yay, I guess that's, you know, what we are going to do. We're going to end up choosing one of the two old men and um, we're going to end up being in the same place. Someone, someone in YouTube just said, it's not an invasion. It's an invitation. And uh, <laughs> there, there are, are inviting. a lot of uh, organizations that are, are working with uh, a lot of the kind of globalist ideological centers from the World Economic Forum to the United Nations, uh, essentially allowing all of this to happen uh, sort of like a like a blueprint that already happened to Europe. And if you look at what happened to Europe, I remember doing on the ground reporting in Italy and France, especially when it came to a lot of the people crossing over, being accepted in a lot of the German NGOs organizing a lot of the boats that just literally took a lot of the people into these places and the situation there didn't work out good for uh, the local populations. It didn't work out good for the people being brought over as well as, of course, a lot of these people are also the victims of a lot of fake news that they're told that isn't true at all. And when you have the, the mayor of, of New York City coming out and saying, hey, uh, you know, we're a sanctuary city, uh, please come in. And then a couple months later, be like, hey, guys, don't come in at all. But then also saying, hey, but if you do come, we'll house you, we'll take care of you, and also we'll give you prepaid credit cards that you could buy food with and you could stay at some fancy hotels here in New York City. Obviously, you're going to incentivize people to come in. Obviously, you're going to have people that are going to be taking advantage of the social welfares that usually are for some of the people who are in the lower classes, usually that are for the, the people who are the poorest. And I, I think Al Sharpton, who a lot of people see representing the, the black voice, represents something that I, I think a lot of black voices are saying, but, but uh, aren't really highlighted by the corporate media. So seeing Al Sharpton kind of say this does push the Overton window in this conversation that it previously wasn't held before, as, of course, MSNBC is cheering on this larger invasion invitation uh, that a lot of people are describing. And now to have our, uh, Mr. Sharpton to, to, to calling it out, that's, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, if you think about it, if I was Vanguard or BlackRock or State Street and I'm buying up all the homes in America, this is exactly what you would want. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And and also, let's let's take into consideration the theatrics of this as well. So Governor Abbott, I mean, I, I think he's I'm from Texas originally. I think he's doing the right thing. But at the same time, you know, a mile away from where the photo ops are, there's a massive opening. Right. Um, so I think, I think a lot of it is, is, uh, is staged to a certain extent, but that's, what's kind of needed to get, to make it politically popular for more States to support Texas. 
Um, at the same time, going back to what I was saying, I think we have to look at who does it benefit to all these people coming in. And I think housing could get even Government. more obtain, uh, unobtainable for people. Because let's, let's remember on the housing aspect, right? The, the federal government hasn't, you know, we, we haven't even started popularizing 40-year mortgages yet, right? Lower down payments, more down payment assistant programs. Now, these things sound great, but really what they do is they create more, more dollars chasing fewer goods and making, you know, a, a mortgage a true death certificate. Like, you're gonna, never going to pay it off. They juice, they juice demand. But that's the entire goal, and you're, you're exactly right. Um, it's not just the State Street Blackhawk Vanguards. It's also just the, the housing corporations, the developers, uh, it's the, the smaller banks too. They all love it because what, what are the American people? They are debt slaves. They're already people that are maxed to the, to the hilt. They got student loans and mortgages and everything else, right? So now you have all these migrants come across debt-free. They're also broke, but at least they're debt-free. So that's like they can start to borrow. And you've already seen some of the banking institutions are offering home loans to people that aren't even citizens of, of America. What does that do? It juices demand for housing. Even if they're not going to be a buyer, they're still going to be a renter. Mm -hmm. And rental prices are astronomical. This is the whole reason that I'm arguing that I think that the libertarian, uh, you know, the open borders libertarian argument in this moment, if you if you are interested in maintaining any immigration into this country, I think it's it's very important that we we educate the population that this is not organic that this is actually a government program to flood this country with illegal immigrants. And all of the inflation that you're dealing with is central bank policy. All of the migrant issues that you're dealing with is UN, NGO, federal government policy. If, if, we, can make, if we can connect those dots and then, then try and obviously decrease the flow at the source where it's actually being initiated, which is largely the NGOs, but then also limit it at the borders so that the people of Texas and these other border states don't absolutely become radicalized, then you might actually avoid that hard swing from the left to the right. If you don't, you're going to have a Gilt Wilders type of leader or a Polive or I can't remember. I can't pronounce these names. They're all foreign names. But uh, I think you're going to get have a real, real lockdown type border policy in the not too distant future. That's my thesis. You know, do with it what you will. Well, the, 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 the cost of housing is going to go up because the demand for housing is going to go up as there's more people, less housing. And with BlackRock buying off all the houses, it, it's, it's, it's guaranteed that their investment is only going to go up, especially with all of these policies that incentivize more people to come on in without even being questioned. As, of course, we have plutocrats like New York City Mayor Eric Adams that are literally wearing a $700 Fendi <laughs> scarf as he's doing an emergency briefing on immigration and crime in the city. Yes, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, who of course loves all the celebritards in New York City, loves to party with all of them, is uh, wearing a lot of fancy-smancy stuff, as, of course, he deserves a lot of criticism for a lot of the back and forth, for a lot of the hypocrisy, for a lot of the things that he says one day and then totally flip-flops on the second day, as a lot of the problems that the city's facing is directly a result of him saying, come on in, guys, we have all the services, we have all the money, we have all the housing, and then... Uh, 
they don't. Not really being able to deliver on that, as of course New York City gets freaking cold, and there's a lot of people sleeping outside now because of those larger declarations, because of the federal government's um, kind of pleas and demands here and their larger actions for, for immigration that is resulting, let's be honest here, in more crime. As of course, people who are told, hey guys, we'll give you everything, just come here to New York City, and they're not given anything. Well, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to resort to a life of trying to do whatever they can to survive. Uh, some people are making the arguments that uh, that this is what's the, the humanitarian aspect explanation. Some people are saying that it's just criminals being criminals. I don't care where you stand, but there are a lot of incidences, including a recent one, where a bunch of migrants beat up police officers in the middle of Times Square and then literally were allowed to walk free and with uh, no bail with 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 no bail at all <laughs> and they flipped off the news as they yes. were exiting i mean it's really astonishing and i i mean just think just think about too this is the like end stage u.s empire right so we've blown up almost every single nation in the middle east so now you have uh you know republican analysts will look at this and they'll be like well we got these migrants coming over from syria and iraq and afghanistan and oh that could be dangerous they're all terrorists it's like i'm not saying they're all terrorists obviously they're not but the truth is we can't possibly know and there are people that have had their entire family killed by the U.S. government. And if you think that none of them want payback, you're absolutely out of your mind. So it's like, are we going to just sit here and wait? We're we just going to allow the worst possible thing to happen and then actually enter into some sort of martial law scenario, some sort of, uh, you know, domestic terrorism, lockdown, false flag, anything, anything's possible. And it just feels as if that's what the Biden administration is attempting to foment. They want it to go as badly as possible. It's driving me crazy. Well, the FBI is warning about it. The FBI is saying, hey, there's going to be people that are going to come in through the border and, and uh, possibly do some larger kind of terrorist attacks. And then the Biden administration is literally fighting for the border to be open. Um, as, of course, it is, it is, in my opinion, weaponized human trafficking for the benefit and the downfall of America. I don't know how else to see it. I, I think this is orchestrated. I think this is organized. I think the governments are deliberately trying to crash this entire system, and I think that's how it's going to be playing out from here. We have some super chats that I wanted to get into. We got one from mysuperchat.com, specifically from Lane Boy saying, Martha is hot. That is all. <laughs> we got another super chat from Based Joe saying, the global citizen bill. Yeah, that's essentially what this new Republican-led bill should be called. But I, I and again, I'm, I'm more shocked at, at the support for, for Israel and Ukraine in there than I am for, for the, the border, which, which, which again, doesn't allocate that much money for it. We're allocating money to continue foreign wars that we have no chance of, of winning, of, of, of creating more tensions in the Middle East that, of course, is only only going to spur on more conflicts. That's, again, just ridiculous. And remember, yeah. just last week, it was Mike Johnson, who he's the Speaker of the House. He comes out and he says, we're going to do a standalone bill for aid to Israel because we don't want it to be bogged down with this whole border debate or this Ukraine debate. We got to make sure we get as much money as possible, as fast as possible to Ukraine. Is there a standalone border bill, Mike? Where's that at, buddy? It's like these people are just so obviously owned by foreign countries and by corporations. And I don't know how the American people are still putting up with it. Like every day it gets so much more blatant. Because people have no idea what happens in government. And, uh, you know, when we get into the next discussion, when we move over to Rumble, that's exactly what I plan on uh, talking about. Because, you know, no matter how much you pay attention to the news, you can't fathom how bought 
our government is. And it is so corrupt. And it doesn't matter. I mean, people are like, oh, my God, my my guy would never do that. Listen, your guy is not only doing it, but he's doing it just as hard as the <laughs> as the guy on the other team. It doesn't matter the color of the team. They are both bought completely. Yeah, yeah and- the Republicans are just as awful as the Democrats. Just a, a few years behind them, but but essentially yellow-bellied fall guys that are there just like the WWE heels that are supposed to be there for their specific role when it comes to perpetrating against the larger screwing over of America. That's just how I personally see it. You might see it differently, but that's my own two cents on the matter here. As Of course, we got another MySuperChat.com from Lane Boy saying, my kink is paying you guys money to say my name out loud. Question to Martha, does our good ship all across the U.S.? I was having issues on the website right at the checkout. Uh, if you're having issues at the checkout, that means that your state does not allow Delta 8. So we ship everywhere. It is legal. Got it. Uh, now there's a new video going around social media that's absolutely too violent to show you here. But the Daily Mail has the article detailing how there's a shocking video showing migrants that used mopeds that were robbing people of their cell phones. One of the incidences was where a woman was dragged along a New York City street as they were stealing her phone. As the city is detailing how this is a Venezuelan gang that is behind 62 recent thefts that have happened in the region. So with with crime like this, district attorneys that are literally looking the other way, unless there's a national news story that prompts them to act as they're sponsored by someone that we can't even mention here on this particular broadcast, when you have people who are charged to the highest extent of the law for self-defense how does the government have any legitimacy as of course a lot of this news when it happened in europe it, it was censored it was covered up when it happened in sweden specifically it was censored it was covered up and it, it still has a larger effect on the people of europe obviously there's going to be a larger effect here on the people of the united states but just how far can this go? How long can this kind of sustain itself until people say, hey, uh, I, I can't participate with this. I can't be a part of this. I left New York City because it was becoming too much of a crap hole. Now, I don't understand people who live there anymore because how can you with everything happening in it right now as your tax dollars are, are literally going to the financing and the replacement of, of you as a citizen there that doesn't get anything for your money except for more crime now. Well, and keep in mind, too, it was Bukele in El Salvador. It's El Salvador and Honduras is like, once you come across the Darien Gap, you got to go through one of those two nations. And El Salvador has now cracked down in a spectacular way against violent crime and the gangs there. But they're not all in jail, folks. Many of them are going to hop right into those migrant caravans and and grab the maps from the NGOs, and they're going to grab the funds from the U.N., and they're going to walk right into America. These are gangsters. Like, are, are, all, are all migrants that? No. Do I have to clarify that? I guess I do. But there's going to be some really bad dudes that come across when you have three or four million totally unvetted people that are flooding the border. And then what happens after that? Well, then you have a whole bunch of violent crime spike. And then what happens after that? Then you have the domestic population say, we need to have harsher, lock, you know, uh, you know just vicious criminal justice. Uh, I don't know. It, someone, put it on steroids. Someone in the chat just really recently said, "Gang members, no. Climate migrants, Luke. <laughs> got, got it. I'm sorry, guys. Thank sorry. you for clarifying. <laughs> yes, sorry. thank you. Um, I think in, in the case of Venezuela, those gang members that are coming, it's absolutely on purpose. I mean, there's you have to look at historically who was coming from Venezuela, and it was people that were trying to escape the situation. Those gang members are being shipped here. 
sure, a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, well, and that's, that's, what that's only one nation. Too. Castro released a lot of people from prison and said, "Hey, get on these boats. We're going to take During you the to Mariel boat lift." Yes. E- exactly. A lot well, of people. It, he so Cubans could go pick up your family members, and they'd say, "Okay, for every one family member of yours that you take, you got to take ten of these." They emptied out the jails and sent them to the United States. And of course, that played out. Miami was very violent during the 80s. Yes, it was. And uh, well, to- that was also because of the CIA and their introduction of this white powdery substance that essentially built this city. Absolutely. Uh, but, and you know yeah. that Castro was great at trafficking that across the uh, Caribbean. So, yeah. Big time. Yeah, but there's I- a reason for all of this, and it's government. I- government can- has their reason. Martha, you probably know a-, a lot more about this than I do, but but I remember hearing in my, even in my history class, how Fidel Castro weaponized immigration in his country in order to get rid of anyone who would stand against him. So he would say, oh, you don't agree with me? You don't like my communist takeover? You don't like my purges? You don't like my ideology? Okay, here's a boat. Go to the United States. And that's how he was able to kind of, according to some political analysts, regain power because anyone who would stand up against him, he would not only purge, but he would send away to the United States. He emptied out all the prisons, sent them to the United States, and essentially used uh, immigration as, as a way to to become as powerful as he was. That's ex- yeah. that's exactly what's happening in California. Yeah. I just want people to understand that's exactly what's happening. The, the lockdowns got anybody that cared even slightly about liberty to leave California. So now, now what do they have? He gets, he gets a recall election and he wins by 70% of the vote. They have totally done that. They are the same thing in New York. They're forcing anybody that, that even leans towards the constitution. They're like, get out of here. So what does that mean? They have a totally ironclad lockdown on the electorate. That's how, that's how it happens in Cuba. So every roughly 10 years now it's happening more often because people are starting to wise up and they're starting to rise up in Cuba, but every 10 years approximately, there was some type of rebellion and they'd open up the floodgates and say, get out. This last one is through Nicaragua. Nicaragua and Cuba made an agreement and you can leave Cuba through Nicaragua to then get across the border here in the United States. It's on purpose. Yep. And so, yeah, I, this it all benefits somebody. The question is who? Right. And oh, go ahead, Luke. I, I, I saw this post on uh, social media from Most Peaceful Memes showing uh, bills I trust more than the border <laughs> bill. And it's a picture of Bill Cosby. Uh, <laughs> and I, Bill Clinton. I, I, Bill Clinton I, I, isn't yeah. on there? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I trust, I, I trust uh, Bill Clinton on, on an island with small babies more than I do <laughs> this border bill that the Republicans proposed for, for everyone here. But, but kind of... Uh, asking you guys the question since this is a larger border build discussion what would you guys like to see and also let me know in the in the comment section below what would be a good border bill what would be a good solution towards this larger issue as of course it's a very complex issue it involves a lot of different human beings from a lot of different perspectives a lot of different sides there's a lot of different things happening here but what would be a border bill what provisions what laws would you guys like to see that think that you guys think would would help or rectify this current kind of conundrum of a situation i've got a lot to say but i'll I'll go last if you want to i I don't have all the answers i i've never played this idea that I have all the answers, but I think one very easy one is to stop all welfare and to allow people to work. And, oh yeah, if you get caught uh, do committing a crime, you should be immediately deported. What about, what, what level of crime? Because they've made it so that basically even felons will not be deported. It has to be a violent felon. I mean, I would obviously make it so that it's pretty much any crime. I wouldn't, of course, not traffic or something sure, like that, sure. but, but 
other than that, if you commit a crime, if you hurt somebody, I think you should be gone. You shouldn't have the opportunity to stay here. Get, get I, going. I agree. You're you're basically on you're on automatic probation. Yeah, in I, terms I, of I was talking to someone who was getting their green cards and they were afraid to jaywalk because they, 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 like this this lady told me she was like, I got a green card. If I jaywalk, I'm going to go to jail. And I'm like. Did you see what happened in New York City? These guys beat up cops and literally walked out of jail. She's the wrong and demographic. To be in. But but yeah, she is the wrong demographic of of what uh, she of knows that she has after. to be careful because she's the wrong demographic. She's not one of those criminals. Absolutely, I'll let you go. I, I, I would say seal the border, right? If if we're going to fund a bill, fund a bill that seals the border, finishes the border wall, right? Also, having immigration for the best and the brightest people. We want to we want to become a country to attract people. Um, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, the world reserve currency status, you know, anyone can go and get an SBA loan and buy a company. In fact, right now is probably one of the best times to buy a company in your lifetime because of the, the higher interest rates. Money costs more money, so valuations have come down, so the cost of acquisition is significantly lower. Um, as far as for immigrants, I'd also say when you're when you have a a such a massive migration you're going to have to have some sort of deportation scheme and you would have to want to have some sort of off-ramp as well and that's they know this they know this because it's just not going to be palatable to the masses to just start ripping people out but i would say any any victim crime not victimless crime but like any crime that has mal intent right um yeah i was recently with uh don jr and candace owens and this issue came up specifically when we were on the timcast irl show and the discussion came up saying forced deportations and candace owens was like yep don jr also said yeah it seems reasonable with just how far the left has pushed it what would be the response there is of course ian crossland who was just here with us was like hey i don't want this people are going to freak out people are going to say that this is going to be very authoritarian uh, kind of a response here how do you guys balance this from a kind of libertarian perspective hmm. i don't know that there is a libertarian perspective here necessarily i mean if you're going to kick people out there that's just not a libertarian response but at the same time i mean again you're going to have violent criminals on our streets and we're just going to keep them that's not a libertarian ideology either. So I don't think that there's a real libertarian, uh, real libertarian response to this. I'm going to be the first to say I'm not a real libertarian. Then, if that's <laughs> no, 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 I, I think you're exactly right, though. That that's that's what makes me so frustrated about this debate with the open borders, closed borders, whatever. It's like, like I'm not, I'm not either. I'm not, I'm not a closed borders guy, and and I don't think because of the status paradigm that we exist under, there is not a pure libertarian right. solution. There is public property. There are border constraints. There are other nations that are our nation states, and you know. So this is why my answer for the longest time has been that we ought to just totally turn over border defense to the states. Let Texas handle it how they want. Let Arizona ha- handle it how they want. California wants to allow millions in. That's their prerogative. But if you're going to do that. Then it then it opens up Pandora's box and you start to go, well, are we going to now have border control from all aspects of Texas? Because they're not going to want the, the people to come up through California and then come into Texas. So it creates a lot of problems. So it's it's not at all simple. And I feel like m- way too many people try and just be like, this is a simple answer. Let, this is a very this is just a philosophical open borders. The, the state has no right. Borders are imaginary. It's like it's so much more complicated than that. It is more complicated. But one little point there um, on the wall issue is um, the only places we've seen walls are places like uh, Germany and uh, North Korea. And so Gaza. We, 
Yeah. So, I mean, listen, walls are concerning. Cuba didn't need a wall. It's an island. But that's pretty much a wall does the same job from both sides. It not only keeps people out, but it keeps you in. And as somebody whose father was a political prisoner for attempting to leave his country, that does concern me. Elon Musk has a very interesting perspective on all of this. He's saying that a lot of these open border floodgates are predominantly for Democrats to stay in power. A couple of days ago, we played a clip of Tucker Carlson explaining a very kind of similar situation. But when you look at not only representation in Congress, when you look at the kind of cities and the number of people that they have within them, when you look at California legalizing of illegals voting in local elections and, and a lot of the incentivized programs out there, this is going to have far-reaching ramifications that, that I, I think will allow the Democrats to stay in power for forever. Some people say it's already too late. They are are already going to stay in power. They're, they are going to figure out a pathway toward citizenship, and when they do, these people overwhelmingly will be voting for the Democratic ticket. Do you guys think it's, it's, it's over, or do you think it, it's not over? Do you think there's any kind of possibility, there's any kind of way to not allow a uniparty to, to take over this system as, of course, the Democrats are becoming more and more aggressive judiciously. The Democrats are concentrating power more than ever. They are going after their political opponents. They're hijacking and taking over institutions more than they ever have before. They're in charge of the entire education system, the indoctrination system, the college university system, predominantly is dominated by leftist, collectivist, insane, communistic-like thinking and it's pretty clear from my perspective, coming from uh, communist Poland and, and talking to my family that went through it, what they went through is is something that they're warning we are going through right now. And, and the larger question I have for, for you guys, is it, is it already too late? As of course, the number of people who, who came in, the number of people who are going to be represented in the census, the number of people who are going to be voting in future elections as future citizens of this country could uh, essentially signal no accountability and one party being in charge forever. Is that something that do you think is here? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's not even a matter of it being Democrat rule. It's a matter of the financial condition of the United States is already past the point of no return. So, and I say this as a finance guy, like it's too late. You have over a trillion dollars annually in interest alone. That is just absolutely untenable. Uh, you also have welfare programs, social security, Medicaid, everything else that, that is unfunded liabilities to the tunes of hundreds of trillions of dollars. It's, there's just no, there's no digging your way out. Then you add on top of that, that you don't have an opposition party. The GOP is not in opposition to the Democrats. Every, every debate that they go into, every bill that they put forward is just, it's, performative, as you were describing it earlier. It's not actually there to do what their constituents are demanding of them. So I don't see the political will. I don't see a, a pathway, a, a any avenue for a soft landing, if you will, when it comes to the, the debt situation. Um, culturally, we're divided. Media is almost completely dominated. It's only the decentralized the shows like this and God bless Rumble and, and other platforms. But like we're way behind the eight ball. If you look at the history, the way it happened in Cuba, for example, like Fidel Castro took hold of the media long before he became the dictator. He was 
on media talking about how he wasn't a communist and he wasn't a socialist. And then he became one. Um, I think that the playbook, and I, I didn't see it in Cuba, my parents did, and they talked about it when we lived in Venezuela, and then I saw it happen in Venezuela in the same fashion. And everybody said, it can't possibly happen here because we have so much petroleum, and now we're here, and everybody in the United States is saying the same thing, it can't happen here because we are the free United States. We blah, have blah, the petrodollar. Right, we, you know, we have all this power. So I've been saying it for years, and I think now we've come to the point, like you said, there's, there's no return. I don't see the end to it. And I think the, the thing that matters here is for the Americans that, that are paying attention to realize that we let this happen. Years ago, um, as libertarians, we've been fighting for a while, like, hey, we need to have debates where they're actual debates, where we actually listen to people's ideas and it's not based on, oh, he's been in politics for so long, so he's a great guy for this. Listen, politicians, they're like, that's not a qualification. Agreed. You should not be considered somebody just because you know your way around Washington. That is not a qualification. Let's have real debates. Let's actually protect the things that we wanted. We allowed people to just walk all over the Constitution because it was our guy. Yeah, People were saying that about Vivek Ramaswamy. They were saying like, oh, he, d he doesn't have any experience in politics, so we can't trust someone like... You could Joe trust Biden, him. Yeah, yeah Joe, I want. I'd rather him than, than all the other corrupted criminals. Like Joe Biden's been in there for fifty years, yeah. and it's been disastrous. Who cares about tenure? That should be looked at as a disqualifying factor, not as a qualifying. I one. want somebody that's going to get in, get things done. I mean, again, I don't know that we could trust Vivek. He also had some strikes against him, yeah, especially. I have in, no idea either. Right. But. I mean, I, I I liked Vivek. I I thought that his stances on free Ross were excellent. I thought his stances on ending uh, government institutions were excellent. Could I trust him? Probably not. But yeah. could I trust the other guys? Absolutely not. So yeah. where are and, my options? And, and a lot of times it's not just them. It's the people who encircle the, the, the confines of the power, right? The, the influencing the people who have the ear of that individual. But per personally, I think it's not too late. I think if people, if, too, if everyone thinks it's too late, then it's too late. If we're all dooming, it's going to be too late. That's true. But if we, if there's enough people to say, you know what, we can turn this ship around. Courage is contagious. I think we can't. It, it has to be people. The, the it has to be palatable to the masses, and people have to understand, especially with a reckless spending. Um, the, uh, Fed Chair Powell just came out, and he recently talked about like that that being a massive issue for inflation. You know, the two plus trillion dollar deficit, and it's like the norm now. Right. Um, that that's going to be detrimental. I mean, we're going to see $20 loaves of bread, regardless of what the Fed does, whether they lower rates or in increase rates. And the bankers, the 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 almost at Rothschild, um, the Blackstone. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, though. <laughs> Blackstone Vanguard, they have access to the newly minted money before anyone else. So they benefit from that. And by the time it gets through Google the, Cantillon effect. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I just saw on. Um, on Twitter, someone saying that Tucker Carlson escaped the United States for political asylum in Russia. Of course, saying that satirically. Just like Snowden. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but uh, yeah, yeah, Edward Snowden actually had to go there after he released a lot of government secrets that the government didn't want released to the general public. As, of course, now a lot of people are saying that Tucker Carlson should be banned from the United States. He should be stripped of his citizenry. 
as very few individuals are actually coming out and backing him when it comes to his larger interview that it's going to be coming up most likely with the president of Russia. This is going to be something that we, of course, are paying very close attention to. And I think we're going to have a full larger discussion in a little bit when we cross over to Rumble. But I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, what do we do? What's the solution, especially if the Democrats have full consolidation of, of, of power? Is it game over? What do we do? How do we react? Stop How do we fight voting back? for either party. That's yeah. where you start. Stop yeah. voting for either of them. Take away their power. That's your only option. Yeah. Outside of Thomas Massey, I have no idea why anyone's voting for the Republicans. And that's the, that's the honest God's truth. But um, look, I, I'm not blackpilled when it comes to like the future of the American people. I'm blackpilled when it comes to the financial condition of the federal government. It's going to fall. Like, I, I don't think that's doomerism to say so. You do not have the political will. It doesn't matter how optimistic you are. There is math involved that says they are effed. It's over. So you now, knowing that, I don't think it's, I don't think it's pessimistic to, to acknowledge reality and then say, okay, so what do we do? We build ourselves. We go, we go to the Bitcoin. You get out of the U.S. dollar. You do whatever, whatever you got to to actually divest yourself of the, the sick system and get into a healthier one. I mean, this is what Luke talks about all the time. Take care of yourself. Take care of your physical being, your mental health, your financial well-being. Uh, become an entrepreneur. Start to build these different rails outside of the existing financial system so that you can be the entrepreneur that carries us into the future. I think there's lots of reasons for optimism. I'm just saying that federally, we're effed. Well, Raise your own food, grow, uh, have some chickens. I mean, yeah. all of the above. You yep. Be self-sustaining. One white pill that has definitely been very refreshing to swallow recently is what's been happening in Argentina and in El Salvador. As, of course, just last night, Nubeli Bukele won with nearly 90% of the vote overwhelmingly in a re-election in El Salvador. As the people there said, hey... Uh, we like this uh, Bitcoin idea. We like this freedom idea. We like you going after crime. And uh, Martha, you more, you're more kind of tuned into the politics of Latin America. Is there a larger kind of cultural revolution that is promoting more kind of right-wing libertarian ideas down there? And is it going to be affecting other countries other than Argentina and El Salvador? I think it's a domino effect. And and we, you know, when when I was here with Esteban, we we discussed it. If 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 uh, Javier can pull this off, if Malay can pull this off in Argentina, other countries are going to, I think, follow suit. It, they have to. And other people in other countries are going to see like, oh, this is actually a real possibility. Yep. Um, I even think there's an effect here in the United States. And, you know, everybody now knows who uh, Javier Milei is and who Nayib Bukele is. Ask these people five years ago where El Salvador was or Argentina, and they're like, what? I mean, I grew up in Venezuela and people would be like, I'd come here and they'd be like, where? Minnesota? Venezuela. And they wouldn't understand where it was. So I think we're we're growing even here in the United States. People are realizing. Now, that- all, now all their neighbors are from Venezuela, so they know exactly. <laughs> they know exactly where it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're learning that other countries, we're not the, the bastion of freedom that we thought we were. I think there are other countries yeah. that are doing it better than us. There are other countries that are doing the ideals that the United States set out to have. And I think that hopefully over time americans are like you know what this all this government thing like kind of sucks we we kind of took a wrong turn somewhere along the route and maybe we should go back we have this amazing document we were the first country in the entire planet that um we said that you know what government doesn't give us any rights we give them the power to 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 rule over us we were the first and then we kind of got off track but I have faith. <laughs> a little bit. Just a tiny bit. But I have faith that the American people, that same 
ideals, you know, that that made us be like, you know what, screw this. We're going to we're going to go ahead and um, cause a whole revolution over a three percent tax. Those people, you know, we have that in our blood. And I believe that the same people who came over here for the right reasons over time, we're going to we're going to do it again. We have to. I don't want to be a, a negative Nancy here. I think we're going to do it again and we're going to kick government to the curb. Hopefully this time we'll write an even better document where it doesn't really matter the color of your skin or if you're male or female or if you're whatever, some special protected class, the law should apply equally to all of us, regardless of whatever your little thing is, your little special class is, and then, you know, we'll be better off, hopefully. Al Jazeera, just for clarification, is writing that the electoral authorities have not yet released the official results, uh, results of this election, but Bukele is saying that he won with more than 85% of the vote. He won. Yes. Yeah, he won I easily. Think <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Fox News has a very strange headline, though. Their headline reads, world's coolest dictator poised for landslide victory in election. We're going to get into that conversation plus a lot more all on rumble as well as some uh, very interesting <laughs> results from the chilean swat team performing in the swat olympics in the uae this video clip my goodness golly gracious fun. i think we're gonna be playing all <laughs> six minutes of this as of course we also have yes. we also have this compared to the the competition of other uh, countries like the the, the Belarusians Whoa. that, uh, of course, uh, did a lot better Hardcore. than the very uh, the trailblazing Chilean women. <laughs> My goodness, this video, I can't. I'm sorry, ladies, you might not like this this segment coming up on Rumble, but we're also going to be discussing a lot of things that. Uh, Martha and Michael are experts in with the latest developments here in Florida, all on rumble.com forward slash we are change. Uh, make sure to, of course, sign up to lukeandfilter.com. We're also going to be taking your phone calls uh, in about 30 minutes from now. It doesn't look like we're on the front page of Rumble, but you could just go to rumble.com forward slash we are change as we are going to be logging off of Twitter, off of Kick, off of Facebook, off of YouTube, and predominantly focusing our efforts right now on rumble.com forward slash we are changed it's important for you guys to vote with your clicks vote with your attention martha before we go over to uh rumble where can people find and support you so i am on social media as at bueno for miami for now until the free state of florida is no longer free and then i'm going to have to be bueno for some other place wherever i land and of course you can find uh my product ourgood.com and that is for a delta 8 nano tablet and um yeah those are the places michael you can find me at Mike G Thompson uh, for X and on Instagram, Michael of Thompson. And uh, we, we too sell Delta 9 chocolate and you can get that at dankofganja.com. Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, co-host. He's going to be taking all the, uh, all the chocolates, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Tune in Rumble. to Rumble. I'm going to get high out of my mind. It's going to be nuts. Uh, Clint Russell, Ooh, I'll join you. host of Liberty <laughs> Lockdown, co-host of Tower Gang, and co-host of the thebestpoliticalshow.com, which you ought to be picking up your phone and going to your favorite podcatcher and typing in The Best Political Show and then hitting subscribe so that you never miss an effing episode. We're doing beautiful stuff over here. We're doing beautiful stuff. And not enough of you are actually subscribed to the audio. And I know a lot of you listen to podcasts while you're at work. You can't always watch it. Go subscribe right now. Steph. Steph, we are change.
Let's go. All right. Go to rumble.com forward slash we are changed. See you guys over there right now. As of course, there's a little bit of a delay and we just left all the other kind of broadcasting platforms and now predominantly just staying focused here on rumble and introduce the rumble section as of course, we're going to be talking about some very interesting substances is this particular video of people probably uh, high off their minds. That's Clint, third wheeling, another date there. I was going to say, that's exactly what Luke and Steph make me do after the show every night. They make me hold their dinner in my mouth and they eat it off my face. It's no fucking one, crazy. No one wants to eat off of that filthy <laughs> thing you call a beard on your face there, Clint, okay? Lies. Uh, but but uh, c clearly, probably a lot of people uh, in this video, under the influence of some crazy substances, those substances might be... Some of the substances that uh, Martha and Michael have, as of course, there's a big fight for your substances now in Florida. What is going on here? You can now finally speak freely, speak openly. Don't be censored. But uh, Martha, you hit me up a, a couple days ago. You texted me like, this is fucked up. I can't believe this fucking happened. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, did I use those words? Did I? That's how I felt. That's, that's my <laughs> lived experience of like. Being inundated with with a Martha text, and uh, but but there there are a lot of d developments. What's going on? Speak frankly and openly. So let's first go to what the issue is, and you know what's going on, the kind of the background, because I think not a lot of people know. So back in 2018, with the Farm Bill, uh, then President Trump signed into law a um, the Farm Bill, which basically made all cannabinoids coming from hemp legal. Basically, he legalized cannabis weed in no sense because um well it turns out that hemp and cannabis are the same plant and um it just matters the percentage of of, of thc in it but uh and i'm sure i'm killing it you are, you know this way better than i do on the thca flower because thca flower is legal you can walk into all of these smoke shops and just go ahead and purchase it which is a direct competition to the MMTCs, the medical marijuana treatment centers and the legal cannabis space. And so, you know, in the free state of Florida, we don't really like competition around here. We like monopolies. And so our legislatures are hard at work making sure they provide us with those monopolies. So go ahead. Yeah, so basically uh, what you're referring to is House Bill in the Florida legislature, House Bill 1613. And what this bill would do... And Senate bill. We have both. Senate bill uh, 1698, which passed both chambers. So what, what this bill would do is it would take federally legal hemp and basically turn it into a Schedule One narcotic here in the state of Florida. So, Are we, we talking about CBD as well or just yes. hemp? CBD, Delta 9, Delta 8. So what happens is, and this, this is true... Donald All cannabinoids, actually, because I want to make a distinction there, pardon the interruption, um, because some cannabinoids, there's over 160 cannabinoids in the plant, and only a handful of them are actually um, psychoactive. Uh, only some of them will get you that high feeling that we all associate with them. The other ones have been making the rounds because they help people sleep, they help them with pain, they help them with inflammation, like CBD. So like CBD, there are others that also won't get you high, but those will also become felonies because, you know, legislatures, they're not, they're not very good at their job on top of everything else. Um, they're not even good at being evil. And so they, they're adding everything in 
they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So if we we look at, let's go back to 2014, right? We had a can of monopoly made here in the state of Florida. And at the time, uh, it was actually Representative Matt Gates who sponsored the legislation. Then Matt Caldwell and Hasley Bashir, uh, two other state reps, they basically put little tweaks in in the, in the Florida legislature. So only you had to have a uh, be able to grow 400,000 plants and you had to have been in business for 30 years. So what that did is that just made it where them and a handful of cronies and other lawmakers in the state of Florida would be the only ones who would be eligible for a license. The, the first handful of licenses were issued. And then whenever whenever legalization happened in 2016, medical legalization, uh, they were the first ones to be able to get a license. They didn't issue any other licenses for anyone else. And in fact, the they issued only five, and of them, one was truly right. And and not only that, the minority license has been used for the last several years as a to clog up all the licenses. So they're basically saying the Florida Department of Health is saying, well, we can't issue new licenses until we give out the Pigford license. Something to think about here, and this is going to be really controversial. But Donald Trump legalized weed. In the 2018 Farm Bill, he legalized weed. You go to any smoke shop in Texas, you go to any smoke shop, North Carolina, smoke shop here in Florida, you'll be able to get grade A cannabis. That's right, cannabis. What's known as THCA flower, tetrahydrocannabolic acid, right? This is non-psychoactive. So virtually because of the 2018 Farm Bill, it said that any cannabis, any hemp that has less than 0.3 THC delta 9 is considered hemp. Well, guess what? Almost all the weed at your dispensary could, cla- could, could pass as hemp. And in fact, if it got a test in a COA and it came in less than 0.3 D9, I keep it in my car, in the trunk, it's going to decarboxylate and become psychoactive, right? And what we're dealing here in the legislature is you have a handful of companies, the, a handful of companies monopolizing a product leading to super long wait times, extremely poor quality, uh, terrible customer service, um, and and the, these licenses are owned by former. You're missing one. Luke's favorite, the Monsanto of weed. The Monsanto of weed, and which which I I want to go on touch onto that. The Florida Department of Health, I'm sorry, the Florida Department of Agriculture recently when when this before the first version of this bill was introduced, they deleted thousands of complaints from patients here in the state of Florida complaining about all neurological side effects, skin irritation, breathing issues from banned pesticides and herbicides, and they're not properly flushing out their plant growth regulators. So people are getting sick. You have the Florida Depart- the head of the Florida Department of Agriculture receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars from uh, said monopolistic companies, right? Whether it be True Leaf, Cure Leaf, Sutera, Move. Um, and he's basically using the Department of Agriculture to come after thousands of mom and pop uh, uh, businesses. So you can get a license right now to cultivate hemp or, or THCA flower, AE, cannabis, ganja. You can sell it to, and get your COAs and licenses and sell it and pre-rolls and everything else. Now, there's a rule right now that's being challenged in Florida Administrative Court. The rules, the rules aren't the same as the law. There's nothing in the law that says THCA is a felony. But there is a rule that says, hey, we're going to recalculate how we determine what THCA is. And that rule is currently being challenged. At the same time, there's laws on the books that are being pushed to make this into a felony. Now, there's something interesting here. Capital City Consulting, right, which is a big lobbying firm, probably the number three biggest lobbying firm in Tallahassee. They represent two companies, okay, and they're they're they represent Geo Group, and they represent TrueLeaf. Now, tell people what Geo Group is, though. I don't think everybody knows this. Geo Group is one of the largest private prison 
companies, and you can look this up. You can look it up under lobbyist disclosures. And they're going to make us all felons. And there's, the there's, there prisons. might be, yeah, there might be a connection there, guys. I hate to be that conspiracy theorist, but I mean, you've got the same people lobbying to make us felons again after prohibition has failed. So now we're going to go back into prohibition for less than cannabis, three less than 0.3% of THC. And uh, the private prison group is also funding this. And so, I mean, they always say follow the money. And if you follow the money, you land back at this corruption, this monopoly, this. Well, this, this is the whole reason that, that weed's been illegal forever is because the fucking the prison unions have been doing this forever. So well, I, it, it was also Ro- William Randolph Hearst and the, the paper industry that got rid of hemp and, and right. of course, criminalized it. Uh, but but what would you say to, to, to critics who are saying, hey, this like synthetic marijuana is dangerous. We have to deal with it. Uh, we have to save society because drugs are being legalized like in Seattle and, and it's destroying people's lives. How would you answer against that kind, sure, of, kind so of devil's advocate constructive criticism? Absolutely. And listen, drugs are bad, right? All drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Kids stay away from drugs. But we're not on YouTube. You don't have to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, I don't think that children should get a hold of cannabis. Clint's a drug baby. Hey, don't, 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 <laughs> you know, don't be mad. My mom this. was was high the entire time I was in the womb and I came out fine. So I, I oh, wanted, children, please uh, don't oh. get behind. Yeah. <laughs> please don't become like Clint. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. Fine. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, there there's a problem that we have where we're making people criminals over a plant. And there's a difference between between synthetic and synthesized. So the thing that people are saying, well, it's synthetic. Delta-8 is synthetic. It is not synthetic. Delta-9 is not synthetic. It is naturally occurring on the plant. Uh, It just doesn't occur in enough quantities to make it viable for businesses to use it that way. So they uh, convert it from CBD to Delta-8. But it is the same process that is used. If you take any vitamin, vitamin A, vitamin C, we use that same process to safely convert uh, other substances into the things that you consume. Vanilla extract. Right, exactly. So this is a process that we've used for forever, and we know it, and it is safe, and it is effective. So, Is, is it healthier if it's not manipulated in that way? I, I don't think that there's any studies that show either which way. Okay. It's like, again, you can eat a, a, you know vitamin C. You can have an orange. Or you can take a, a pill of vitamin C. Did they make that pill with oranges? No, they didn't. They used the same process to convert it. So, But it still seems to me like it would be healthier to eat the orange than eat the vitamin C pill. Depends. The vitamin C pill doesn't have any sugar in it. So that depends. Yeah, well, that's true. And you'd have to consume a lot of cannabis to get Delta 8, for example. You'd have to consume a lot of it. So there's, there's always a trade-off on one thing versus the other. I don't think that it's clear-cut the way, yeah. you know, it's healthier. Um, but it's not synthetic. There was synthetic back when uh, cannabis, when hemp was not legal which was like spice. And that, of course, is dangerous. Yeah, and that of course, wild. Yeah, and, and of th- course, the inhalation route is, pardon me, the inhalation route is is the worst way to consume anything. So, yeah, you don't want to do those things, but is it unhealthy to consume it in a tablet, in a chocolate? Uh, no. Yeah, and, and, and going back to that, that was JW018, which were the synthetic cannabinoids, really popular in military bases. And I do think that that was a good choice of making, because those are do not naturally occur, right? For example, sometimes... They, we'll, the only reason they were even being used, though, is because the other shit was illegal, and this, this would allow them to piss but, clean so they can stay in the military. Exactly. <laughs> and, and one thing I, I want to caution the viewers on is when you read headlines, like you'll see things like synthetic cannabinoid THC delta AO or delta 9O, that O is synthetic it's not naturally occurring we totally agree with the fda that is that is not a naturally occurring uh, uh 
byproduct or par- product the of the plant. Oxygen? It's I'm not sure exactly, but that that is um, that is deemed. It's already on the books that it's against law. What happened here in the state of Florida is that more people were realizing, wow. I, can, I don't have to get a card anymore. You can do this right now. I don't have to get a card anymore. I can go to any smoke shop and get better, higher quality flour that's grown in the sun, that's grown with organic soil, right? As opposed to something that's pumped with pesticides and herbicides where you have an MBA Chad who's completely out of touch with a cannabis culture, has never grown a plant in his entire life and is focused on crop rotation, which then leads you to having plants that have those herbicides, pesticides, and plant growth regulators that should have been purged out, going to thousands of people, right? And they're lobbyists working hand in hand with the government for a massive cover-up. Now, what's happened here in the state of Florida with the Department of Agriculture, not only have they set it us up to fail, before the first version of this bill being introduced, they deleted all information pertaining to testing requirements, labeling requirements, anything that would be perceived as uh, child safety. And they also eliminated 20 inspectors, the specialized hemp inspectors, prior to the first version of this bill. And when they did a press conference, they brought in products like with packaging that was from out of state and already against uh, current Florida statute and current Florida law. The, they, they, in 2019, they invited everyone to come to Florida and people invested billions of dollars. We have a $16 billion industry that employs 150,000 people and over 10,000 licensees. If this bill, S, uh, HB 1613, gets signed into law, you're going to see this is the, what's known as crony capitalism, right? People, they have a, they say capitalism is the problem. No, it's crony capitalism because what this will lead to, and mark my words, I come from over five years in corporate cannabis. I built one of the, helped build one of the largest cannabis companies in the country. Um, what will happen is you will see the Monsanto of weed. Mark my words. The, the same thing happened with tobacco. Tobacco was a medicinal plant for hundreds of years, and then now it causes cancer. I wouldn't be surprised if if the further consolidation that one day that maybe cannabis could be linked to cancer, unfortunately, if if these people get, get full control. Right now, we're, we're true. Wait, well, it. it definitely does seem like there's a lot of Franken weed out there that's like freaking gets people's minds all warped. There, There is also some studies highlighting that there's a danger when it comes to taking marijuana, especially as a young child, because it rewires their, blain, their brain. But what I've heard here in, in specifically Florida is that the, the hotel union, which is a very strong union, was the union that kind of reached out to the politicians and said, we don't want marijuana legalized here because it's going to be bad for all the international tourists from Europe coming in, and therefore it's not kind of legal. But you go downtown, you go to South Beach here, it smells like weed everywhere. <laughs> so Smells it's, delicious, it, man. It, what can I say? Yeah, it, it's kind of like quasi illegal, but but still, there's a bunch of people smoking weed why, everywhere. Why would it be bad for the tourists? Did they clarify? Because like Amsterdam is fucking like everyone goes there right. for that reason. <laughs> it, it it would seem the opposite. Well, it like, would like seem if people like alcohol. if people are bringing their kids, right, and then people are in a hotel, and then one room smells like weed because it's illegal. I guess. Uh, yeah, but it, they it make will, you pay. Make people, but if you, you can if still, you smoke in your room, they make you pay a fine no. for it. Most well, people exactly. won't smoke in their room because I'm not going to pay $250 to clean the room well, and, on top and, of my feet. And for the record, I still, even though I totally support legalization, I think that there's still totally uh, reason to have prohibition in terms of public use of, of drugs. So it's like, I, I just don't, I, for the life of me, I can't fucking figure this out. I, I mean, I understand the reason that it's being, it's crony capitalism. They're trying to monopolize the industry and they're trying to use the government to, to basically crush all competition. It's just so frustrating to me that the American people don't just throw off these change and chains and say, we just want a free market. Just back the fuck off. If 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 I get a product that's that fucks me up, just have liability. Have fucking liability against the 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 
entrepreneur of the business that's selling you the bad shit and that's it. That's yeah, the end of it. I think people don't realize it's basically already legalized. Like I said, I mean, it, do, how do you define legalization? You can go to any any smoke shop down the street and and buy top grade cannabis. I guess I guess what I, what I the reason I don't think of it as legalized, and I guess this is how I feel about every industry in this country, is that it's so rife with regulations. Like just as you were talking about it, my libertarian, like my internal libertarian, was crying out as you're like. There's this regulation, and then you have to have you know this percentage, and then if you don't do that, if you go above that percentage, that's then this nothing. new law comes in. And it's I like, got more for ma- you. It makes me want to fucking tear my hair and, out. And, and I don't even have any hair. And, and that's <laughs> the thing, though. So in the cannabis space, so let, let's just say the difference between cannabis and hemp is just basically a government definition, right? And the cannabis space, you're subject to IRS code 280E, meaning the only thing you can write off is cost of goods sold. You can't get SBA loans. Whereas in the hemp industry, you're not subject to 280E. You can get SBA loans. You can get lines of credit. And I, I, my message to corporate cannabis is switch the side come on to the hemp side because it's it's so much less paperwork you can you can go you can deal with banking what they're trying to do is to stifle an innovative marketplace trick voters into thinking that it's not legal and then making it so it's only their version of legalization where it's highly consolidated i don't know if you guys remember the microbrewery broom with with the beers of course yeah right so before that i was was from san diego that's where it, it Came from. Yeah, Clint, Clint lost all of uh, his IQ uh, because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew moobs because of my <laughs> my micro there's, there's more to this, though, and I think that this is the point that um, we really need to focus on, and that is that your legislators are for sale. Oh, yeah. And they're for sale, and it's not cheap to buy them. Um, but overall, for the damage they're doing, they are cheap. So... Um, uh, I have here the list of money contributions that TrueLeave has given to in total contributions from 2017 till now. And they paid uh, Smart and Safe Florida, which I guess is a pack to push through this amendment. They gave them over $39 million. They've also given the Florida Senatorial Campaign Committee $450,000. They gave Ron DeSantis a boatload of money. They gave the Republican Party of Florida. They gave Democrats a boatload of money. Uh, the Florida Democratic Party has, I mean, obviously not that much as as the Republicans, but they gave them almost $80,000. Truth and Transparency Inc., 55000 So, I mean, it's these people, the same people um, that... I was in Tallahassee just last week um, where uh, I was uh, I went up to testify before them and they asked me a lot of questions. And the same people that were like, well, this is bad. Uh, Senator Booker, was it? The, uh, oh, at least. So. Yeah. And it, he's he's one of the guys on this list. Uh, he received money. Of course, Senator Burton, who introduced this bill, she's gotten a boatload of money. And um, across the board, we tons of people went before the Senate to say, if you do this, you're going to put all of these people out of business. We cannot sell our product. We are going to have to leave Florida. or And, and you're not solving the problem because people can buy from across state lines. Therefore, they're still going to be getting this product. It just won't be made in Florida. You're going to push people into the black market. You're going to push people out of Florida. You're going to shut us down. And you know, you're going to make people just suffer because you receive this money and you see them across the board when they make their decision. I want to make a, a, um, a just point out that uh, Senator Jones, which is from here, from Aventura, was the only person to st- really stand up. There was only two people. Um, I forgot um, the woman senator who also voted no. But Jones not only made an argument and said, I don't want to see your businesses go under. I refuse. Like, no, this is unacceptable. Um, he's the only person that actually had values 
and um you know I, yeah everybody else it's just it's a failure all of the politicians from miami were like yep you know i just want to like piggyback off that and just let everybody at home listening know i was in the mortgage industry and it's it's the same thing in basically every single industry because the there's so much any like the, the the more profitable a potential industry is, the more fucking crazy it gets, because that just means that there's more money, more lobbyists, more government oversight, more regulations. So anything that's actually profitable as an entrepreneur, they regulate it into oblivion and they buy off politicians and they tax it into oblivion. Mm-hmm. This is and but then people turn around and they go, it's so hard. It's so hard to start a business in this country. It's so hard to make a living. I can't get a job that has decent pay. This is why. This is exactly why, because there should be fucking millionaires all over this country because uh, pot's been legalized. I mean, certainly there are some, but there ought to be fucking lots. Like it is such a hot market and it's just been regulated into oblivion. And, and all of the biggest uh, you know, financial pl- power players that have all of the lobbyists and own all of the politicians, they're trying to monopolize it once again. They do it with every fucking industry. They did it with alcohol. They do it with everything. That is how this works. So this is the problem. And this is why I push back when people are like, well, I'm team red and my team wouldn't do that. Or I'm team blue and my team wouldn't do that. You're naive. You're getting played. Democrats, by and large, have always said, we are for legalization of pot. We are for legalization, blah, blah, blah. And then... They're voting with the Republicans in Florida to create a monopoly and put us back in jail. How can they, who go to the minority communities and say, you know what, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for the minority communities. This isn't going to happen here. And then they vote to create Prohibition 2.0. Yep. It's it's insane. And, How can anybody support these people? And the, rea- the reality is, is that free market capitalism is the biggest destroyer of poverty. The world has has ever seen, right? Absolutely. And you name one monopoly. It's really like the only thing that destroys a- poverty. Absolutely. <laughs> and and you can't you name one monopoly that hasn't maintained their monopoly without government protection and intervention. There's just you can none. see the opposite. You can see when Ma Bell, when when AT and T had the control of the phones. We all remember in the eighties and early nineties, you had to like go to the kitchen with that one phone that we all shared that had a really long cord, and you'd hide around the corner like talking to your friends, so everybody didn't hear you. Now everybody has a phone in their pocket, and they're we don't even use it as a phone anymore because it's so incredibly, you know, it has so much technology in it. That only happened because of deregulation, because we stopped with the monopoly. Yeah, yeah. The, the government is the biggest fucking drug dealer out there. They'll tell you, yeah, take the COVID-19 vaccine. It's, it's not proven. It's not tested. We don't know what the fuck it's going to do to you. But yeah, take this gene-altering fucking bioweapon. <laughs> fucking motherfuckers. And, and, <laughs> but, but you can't have CBD in, in, in Florida you know, they, soon, they possibly? They looked us in the face yeah. at the Florida legislator and said, and said, where is your proof that this is safe? And I wanted, we couldn't testify at that point anymore. They, after you've given your word, you can't go back up. And I wanted to ask them if 8,000 years of recorded human history is not enough proof for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and on top of this too, the fucking, the, the, your taxpayer dollars were stolen from you. They were funneled through NIH to EcoHealth to build a bioweapon that then locked down your economy. These same motherfuckers are responsible for regulating whether or not you can get high, whether or not you can smoke weed. It's fucking crazy that these people aren't in prison. But but instead, we actually like this is I, and I, I totally understand you guys are entrepreneurs. You're dealing with the bullshit just from an outsider who's not in it, just listening to it. 
makes me totally radicalized. Like I, it, it makes me furious. I, I need a lot more of you, Clint. Please, <laughs> I need everybody radicalized because this is like this is our issue. But this is the issue for every of industry. I, exactly. I want Martha Buena quote. We need a lot more of Clint. <laughs> Sorry, not go the ahead, first Michael. lady I, to say it. I want to ask you guys a question. Would you, first question is obviously everybody here. If, if we said, would you vote for legalization? Almost everybody unanimously would say yes, right? Um, would you vote for legalization if it was only 22 license holders that could sell it? And if anybody else sold it, it'd be automatic felony? That, see, this is the fucked part. I would because I don't want people put in prison, you know? So I'm going to vote for legalization. But, but they're still going to be put in prison with that bill. Because that's well, the thing. Right. That, that legalization bill that's going to be coming up in Florida does exactly that. So they're lying to you and they're telling you, hey, this is going to make it recreational. However, if you purchase it from anybody that isn't one of those 22 license holders... You're gonna go to jail. Right. So it's it's, it's, gra- not- it's granting an oligopoly. My my yeah. point is that I I don't want users to be getting put in jail. So like this is always the you know lesser of two evils. Like sure. You know, I'm Fair not saying it, I'm not saying it's ideal by any stretch, but I don't want people put in prison for fucking using it. So yeah, I, I think the comparison to big pharma, especially with the opioid epidemic, especially with the covid vaccine, especially with all the fucked up shit that they put on the fucking market, all in the name of public health and safety. When it did the fucking opposite of that really does highlight the larger kind of hypocrisies here. As, of course, there's larger issues to talk about social, economically and, and crime. Sure, I understand that. But when it comes to the government kind of butting in and going after CBD, I find that absolutely ridiculous. I like CBD. CBD has helped me. We started TakeCalm.com. We literally have a website with Klaus Schwab getting high off of our CBD, <laughs> as you can see him here on uh, TakeCalm.com. I'm going to put the link just in our comment section. It doesn't appear to be working with Klaus, Luke. Um, it, it, who knows? Um, you know, he needs maybe, to take a lot more. Maybe he needs to upgrade a little. Maybe, he needs more. Maybe, he needs more. Maybe he was looking for bugs and, and thought this little here was a little, uh, little, little, little bug here, and uh, decided to suckle on it, as you know highlighted what, here on our uh, website. The worst part is that they're using for the children as yeah. the the you know the reason for this. When you hear it, it's like we have to protect the children. Well, Florida already passed twenty one and over for all CBD products for anything, any cannabinoid. You have to be twenty one and old over to purchase it. So right, that right there, you know, is a lie. But also. One of the issues that really just annoys me on that for the children is if they really wanted to do for the children, then let's go ahead and eliminate Tylenol off the shelves. Because every year in this country, over 40,000 people have to call poison control for Tylenol and over 450 people pass away. Don't give them an idea. Or fruity pebble fucking corn syrup juices and, and seed oil. How about if we're really going to start fucking caring about people? Fucking hell. Well, I mean, how about- where do you draw the line? You shouldn't. You should allow people to have free will and to decide what they want for themselves and you shouldn't have a two-tier fucking justice system where you punish people for just trying to live their fucking lives yeah but you shouldn't be giving people poison either i mean i don't care if it makes it cheaper to be able to sell and do your business like corn syrup and corn fruit toast all that stuff like needs to just go just like they did in europe but with the with all the fake colors and chemicals in the food like they just banned it but if like, that's we should what just you ban want that stuff no, I don't agree yeah, with it's that. Poison. What do you it got- doesn't matter. I have the right as an adult to it's consume poison. poison. I have the right as an adult to consume poison do if that's what I want. I mean, you keep, I don't. you keep your gun in your cabinet. You should keep your cannabis in your cabinet, right? I want. What do you guys think with DeSantis? So when DeSantis first became governor, right? He he. The first thing he did is he legalized smokable flour, right? That 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 current the prior governor Rick Scott was fighting against. 
when they legalized smokable flour, there was one thing that he said. He said, we need to break up these cartels. I don't think this is what the voters intended, and I expect uh, the House to address that as well. And then he's never brought it up ever since. And in fact, you know, only a handful of licenses has been issued since then, and people are still complaining about poor quality, uh, shortages of product. Because he was bought uh, off. Exactly. But do you think he... he <laughs> and I have the do, proof. Do you think that he would stand with the people and veto legislation like this? Or do you think he's just going to like bend, do whatever his masters tell him? You guys go off because we have a caller from uh, LukeUnfilter.com. So just finish off your yeah, uh, just statements as final, we go final to uh, Nitty closing, Gritty. Closing argument here. Closing argument. These motherfuckers say, uh, well, you think of the children, right? Well they're, well, they're actively trying to pass $16 billion to Israel, which has killed over 10,000 fucking kids over the past four months. G- just fuck you forever <laughs> you cannot you cannot say think of the children as you are actively bombarding little kids you fucking scumbags sorry i agree with that wholeheartedly and as far as your question about ron DeSantis, i have one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to empower parents pack which is ron DeSantis's pack that says that he's going to sign that bill and i i would say uh signing off on on before we do the calls uh, i would say that you know if you're a florida resident and you're you want your freedom and you support free market capitalism call your legislatures and tell them to vote no on house bill 1613 every call matters and the calls are making a difference absolutely and that's how we got it stopped last year so please uh go ahead and call we'll figure out and post somewhere on on our 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 um social media so you can have it i hope luke if, will as, if you as guys well. can just find it we got a half an hour left if you guys can find the numbers so that they can call i'd appreciate it because i just make it you easy it? for them. i okay. still want to make sure we go over this chili video which is absolutely freaking hilarious <laughs> love and it's that, six, luke. You it's know six what? minutes long he loves making do. fun of women listen they, they, they asked for it they asked for it and they got this. it <laughs> Go ahead, Luke. You know, I will concede that men are much better at physical activity than women, by and large. And y'all can have the the military. Yeah. It's all yours. It's crazy, but we're also smarter, which is like the weirdest part. You know, you don't, you don't want to work as a. Pl- <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just finished Clint's uh, comments. I put the camera on Martha. Yeah. Her face was priceless. Nitty gritty. Uh, I don't know if no, you could. Uh, Nitty gritty. I don't know if you it could hear us. Kill. Uh, <laughs> I hope you made sure that your settings were uh, set up right and uh, that your audio works. But it looks like you are live with us. Feel free to ask us a question. Nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, Feel free to turn on your video, too, if you want. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is, yeah, nitty gritty or Jay from the Bay Area, Purple State, calling in. Uh, And I have a thought and a question. Uh, so I recently saw that kind of like about 175 million Americans kind of associate with CPAC and that sort of vibe. And I'm very apolitical myself. Uh, I think both parties are to blame. Two birds or two wings of the same bird, as they say. So I think I believe that if, if these 175 million or so uh, Americans were paid to control the migrant flood, uh, would that result in a, in a, in the best solution? And so I'm kind of just posing this idea and, uh, I'm curious what people there think about it. It's basically like we'd be paying citizens to control the immigrants, placing them into programs that are for us, by us type of program. And, uh, 
like right now we got we got philanthropists and we have the silent majority it looks like and if they combine forces to take the laws into our own hands here uh we could control the immigrants accordingly and i believe apolitically uh you know we need people to pick fruit uh pick beans manage things you know if they're not the immigrants who you know are hell-bent on like you know santeria death magic and who are like co-opting with the cartels such then i mean they're ready to pick fruit like they want an opportunity so can we as the people direct them um i believe we have the ability to work this out ourselves and so that's kind of my question i'm posing do we is this a a way forward or do you think it's dangerous like we're kind of taking over uh these these more terrorists or criminal affiliated migrants and upsetting the the cartels and such like is it a is it a way forward yeah so how would you how would you explain how would how would this work from your kind of perspective you mean uh, Americans take in the migrants into their homes or or try to work with them like how, how would you see this like expand this a little bit further I can't even afford groceries bro come on <laughs> Yeah so you know I think Clint when, eats I, a lot. when I pointed <laughs> Yeah Yeah it's groceries per week <laughs> It's all bonbons <laughs> and and chocolate <laughs> chip donuts <laughs> Sorry. Keep this serious. Sorry. Go ahead, Nitty Gritty. So, 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 just, uh, just uh, divulge uh, that yeah. Nitty Gritty. Just, just try to uh, divulge uh, that a little bit right. more. How would uh, an American citizen help uh, okay. the, the migrants? Out? How? What would be the participation? What would be the involvement here? And then we'll go around and discuss your idea. Okay, right. So, someone in the comments said, you know, we need to form militias and capture them. Which, okay, like that's quick and you know, it's it's an idea, but it just sounds it, it sounds a little rough. I think we need to bring in our philanthropists and people who have the money to put forth because basically the fiat control the future here. And if we spend them the right way on these programs, then we can have the philanthropists pay the citizens to enforce these programs on the migrants. Uh, we don't, need any political affiliation involved. I mean, hey, if Thomas Massey and Rand Paul want to jump in or people who seem to be pulling themselves away from the, the corrupt political system and who maybe don't even want that politician title anymore, uh-huh. then, then so be it. But I think it, it's going to take more than just citizens. It's going to take a combined effort between us and Blanford. I mean, you see, actually, in L.A., Kanye West tried to build tiny homes, and the corrupt L.A. officials shut them down. So, you know, we've already tried, philanthropists have already tried to do this, but it's been shut down. So it's like, you know, money can't really be shut down. I mean, you just pay people. Like, hey, set up this program, do this thing, and manage the immigrants for us, by us. Uh, is that something that we got can it, maybe got go it. For. I saw Clint uh, shaking his head when you were when you were speaking. Clint, do you want to take this one? And Martha, do you want to rebuttal? Yeah, I mean, I understand what he's saying. He's trying to like take action, take the power back. I, I respect all that. I, here's the issue: 
They're trying to do that in Texas, and they're suing Texas. Texas isn't even allowed to defend its own border. You think that the American people are going to be allowed to? On top of that, you're dealing with very severe inflation. People are, are barely keeping their heads above water. To expect them to, to intervene to assist the migrants, I think, is, is asking a lot, and I don't think you're going to get a very positive response from most people. Uh, on top of that, the people that actually have the money that might be able to assist or prevent this or slow it down or whatever else, they're the ones that want it. They're the ones that, that want the cheap labor. And the, and the government obviously wants tax receipts too. Uh, they also, in my estimation, they very much want to offer them citizenship or a pathway to citizenship through military service because they're fucking ramping up for war. So uh, there's a lot of reasons that I think that, that it's, it's kind of a dead end. Martha, do you think you. there's a humanitarian civilian kind of uh, response here that could be beneficial and outside of the state? Of course, there's always a humanitarian way around this type of thing. Of course, we have tons of land in the United States. If you fly over the United States, you'll see it. We have tons of land. Somebody could buy that and create an entire city or whatever where migrants can work, create businesses, do their own thing, um, live their life and not necessarily uh, affect any major city in the United States. Could, could there be a solution? Sure. Um, is there anybody willing to do it and put their money up? Not that I'm aware of. Is there uh, a reason to do it? Sure. But, I mean, it, it takes somebody to to create that and create a, a way to prove. And I think if, if enough of those migrants that actually came here to work went there and started producing, uh, people would realize that it's not the migrants that are the problem. It's the government. Well, you'd have to get someone like Peter Thiel or Elon Musk or... Or some you know billionaire entrepreneur type that that sees profit at the end of the rainbow because they're not going to do it for altruistic reasons, despite what they may advertise it as. They're going to do it for financial gain. So, um, you know, I think that that kind of answers your question as to whether or not it, it would be. If profitable you can make it profitable people- to to house illegals and somewhere put them to work, I mean, the the problem also is again the government. If you put them there and they do start working, which part is the illegal one? I'm a little confused because if you hire an illegal. Uh, to work for you, you're now a criminal according to the United States government. So if you allow them to work, even if you're not paying them, even if they're doing their own business, is that illegal? So I don't know. I think we have way too many laws on the books. That's a good point. It's it's very scary. Because we don't know what they would do if they were actually able to legally hire them, then maybe they would. Or if they could legally hire them but not pay the minimum wage, they almost certainly would. And that would be way more beneficial than just putting them on welfare or handouts. But that's not an option. But the government's going to come and intervene. So let's say somebody did do that. The government's going to come and intervene, a la Ruby Ridge, yeah. a la Waco. You know, they would, they would call Peter Thiel like a fucking like a like a slave master if he were Absolutely. to have a plantation of these migrants. They'd be like, even <laughs> if those people were there voluntarily I, I and all agreed yeah. to it and all said, "This is this is where I want to be and this is where you know it is." I just I think that the United States has way too many laws and they like to come after us, and so nobody's going to just voluntarily do this yep. unless they're batshit crazy. Yep. Even if they did do that, it would create a vacuum and it would attract more people. You know, which may be a good thing. I mean, you can you can actually put these theories to work and then we could actually see head to head what what comes of it. I believe, again, that um, something good could come of it. It's just it's not going to be profitable for anybody particularly. And and that's where the will is going to have to be. Nitty gritty. I hope we answered your question. Thank you so much for being a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Anything else you want to say really quickly? Uh, Yeah, appreciate uh, people addressing it. I took some notes there, and I, I think I agree. It is getting batshit crazy, so I think our solutions have to get radical. We have to look beyond uh, ourselves and our laws to uh, just look at people and help them. 
and those who are hell-bent on the wrong thing try to proselytize them and get to a better state. So thanks. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Nitty Gritty, for being a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Thank you, mu- thank you so much for calling in as well. Uh, if you guys want to finish off some of your comments, but I just want to jump into the, the biggest story <laughs> on the die. internet, something that I've been dying to get into and like itching and scratching at to, to, to try to, 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 to play. I've been so excited about this. This is, this is a tweet that I made that is now going mega viral all over social media. As in the making of this video, it has 18,000 likes. 18,000 likes. 2.9 million views, and it deserves a lot more than this. As, of course, this is the Chilean representation of their SWAT team that was participating in the UAE SWAT 2024 (laughs) Challenge. As they were described as a trailblazing amount of Chilean women that were set to shine. And all they did was sink. And Lupe, Lupe had no chance here. They were dead in the water. As, of course, they couldn't even get through the first obstacle course there's a team there's there's a Belarusian team the the Russian team the the UAA team the Turkish team the Qatar team all of these teams literally finished all this stuff within minutes four minutes the time it took these very voluptuous and brave Chilean women who had all the courage who had all the guts who had all the Marvel movies and Hollywood <laughs> entertainment industry pushing them along, saying, you could do it because you're a woman. <laughs> all of those people were finally put in check and brought to reality with a cold slap to their false reality that was plunged into the oblivious cold waters as their chubby little fat fingers couldn't hold on to this lie that is female empowerment bullshit. (laughs) Here's the video. Six minutes and eight seconds. And guess what? Guess what? There's more. Even after this. Here's all the uh, Lupes coming in strong (laughs) to the the SWAT Olympics. Let's play the audio here in its its fullest context here. Look at these brave women. Dudes on the other teams. Here they come across the first. Oh, 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 and they're stuck. One of them got across. One of them had. Ah, uh, and they're going back. One of them plunges into the cold water. The first one to get in the ice Three females in just absolute shock and and bewilderment are just stuck there. It's hanging. It's like American Ninja Warrior for retards. Swinging (laughs) back and forth in a desperate attempt that they know is not going to work. As the commentator also is shocked and and is at a loss for words. As these... Chilean Poor empowered women uh, are, are dangling like a bunch of flailing of balloons <laughs> with no destination at all. Thankfully, stuck. The water will be another female comes in, tries to drop kick them through <laughs> the finish on, line, only to fail. They really and, do uh, kick the shit out of each other. They, they, as one uh, Lupe is kicking another Lupe in in <laughs> the, in, um, how, in the uh, chalupa. The, the kicks in the in the in the kulos are are not working, and another one and a second one fall into the icy cold waters of oblivion and failure. 
Uh, and a third falls with their oh. gun that just fell it's into the water as, wrong. of course, now uh, we no. have the judges looking on in bewilderment, well, pointing to the women. Wet. You just lost your gun there the, uh, into the, the pole. Another lady struggles with her rifle as they again... One Lupe is by herself! (laughs) They grab her by the ankles, or the cankles, as some people might say. Um, And they're they're faced again with the obstacle course, knowing that their fate is doomed as the judges now try to swim out their guns that they lost at the bottom of this cold water. But they all fell into <laughs> just like their hopes and faith in, in and, um, humanity well, and, and success of, of female police officers that, uh, that uh, are looking and seeing. Luke, you're like the. As, as, as the women do what they do best now and, and decide to have a circle of, of conversations and <laughs> <laughs> to discuss this matter as long as they can. Dude, Luke, you're, Luke, you're like the Joe Rogan of, of the Women Olympics. I love it. They're like, hey, Judge, can we please like get out of this? We're like, please, no. judges are saying, nope, nope, you're going to have to do it again. And, <laughs> now soaking wet. And now soaking wet. The women after, after I'm sure they'll do better the second time though. They'll do better the second time. After the uh, no, oh, no, 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 right into the water. Didn't even try. She didn't even try. She fell right into the water. The rifle is just swinging all across her. She's like, holy cow! I have to sink and find my firearm that that also was was lost here. This as all it's the gang uh, members and Vatos in Chile that, uh, are watching in admiration, cheering on this very brave amount of females that in. have decided to take matters into their own hands. Remember when the women's soccer hands. team was trying to get equal pay? Yeah. We should just One, show them uh, this video. Quick the women now <laughs> continue in, in bewilderment of, of <laughs> the rifle lays on the ground, uh, defeated in itself as well, as the women now have to uh, dive for their supplies that they uh, lost in the bottom of the pool as they struggle to now even get out of the pool as they flounder on the the fake canvas and ground surrounding this unbeatable obstacle course that the males ran through in about 20 seconds. Here comes another attempt. Will she make it? She's struggling. She's swinging and now Lupe number one failed again and is going back and kicked in the Kulo and uh, sadly only bringing them further away from their original goalpost of where they were supposed to go. As the woman there <laughs> tries to cheat, grabs up. again one of the cankles, and try, the judges are saying, "No, no, no! You can't cheat there, no, the uh, Miss uh, Felipe. No, no, you can't do that here." And, and, and again, the women again, after told repeatedly, they can't cheat. Wait, her, her name is Lupe Felipe. <laughs> Felipa. Uh, or, or, as we continue, I want to hear what this. Uh, this is only, by the way, this is not over yet. This is this is just. The first opt- obstacle course, as as the commentator is Let even left go. speechless Let here. Go. Let them help each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah the commentator. Let, Let them go. They're women. Uh, violations. Well, one of them makes and it. There we go. Finally. Yeah. There we go. Just like in the Marvel movies where they destroy Just 20 males in one defeat. 
How many Final. girl boss movies did they have to watch the to get inspired for this? Finally made you it. have to do it one at a time, not all of them on the thing at the same time. Because yeah, it drags team the line members down. Over. Women aren't good at physics. Well, that still continues. The women, after five minutes and 44 seconds, finally Two have more members uh, to come. Man. figured it out. This was the most sexist six minutes of the best political show, but it was worth it. Hold on, I, we have to see the we have to see the finale. One more, uno mas, oh. uno mas. They could do it. We believe in you. Vamos, uno mas. Yay! It's like yeah. a fight. it's like a thirty foot zipline. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the obstacle course, as there was about ten other obstacles that they had to go through. I want to play. I want to play a video of 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 just just really quickly, just in comparison, you know, because why not? Uh, the of, men? of of the men doing this. Well, why are they? Really, why uh, are they in women? Why were the Chile people women? Be, because women are empowered, Stephanie. Women are just as capable. I just yeah. don't get well, it. How come we, there's we, all these men and then one group, one country decides to have women only? Can you explain that? Well, well, you know, you don't Diversity, believe in female. You don't believe in uh, female empowerment, uh, Stephanie, no, no, and you're I think bigger. All the countries should have had the, uh, all women, and then it could have been more comparable. Strong teams. Well, it would have been comparably awful. I just punched Clint. Uh, so this is going to be uh, the men's division going off here. By the way, this this was an eight-hour and thirty-six-minute uh, competition. Seven hours. And and I was just sure, I made sure to find. <laughs> Uh, the the female um, <laughs> competitors here, as of course it didn't it didn't end there. There was more the obstacles. There was two. more goofs. The there was two. more problems. As of course the responses to this, I I, I thought were uh, just just a little humorous here. As of course um, someone responded to this video by saying, "Criminals in Chile, <laughs> build moat." <laughs> uh, and. Um, <laughs> Hold on. This is this is this is the men competing. Look at look how the uh, the, the men handle this, just really quickly. By the way, they have their full SWAT gear on top of them. Look how they handle this situation. They're done. It's so fucking easy. They're done. And that was the first, and then the, the second, and then the third, and then the fourth, and, and the fifth. I mean, oh. That's fucking awesome. <sighs> Maybe they're heavier and they're able to go across the line faster. <laughs> Stop making excuses for your weak ass what, ladies. Women and excuses. Am I, am I right? Am I right, Clint? You're Mar right. You're right, Luke. Martha, when you're right, you're right. Martha, Martha, how do you speak for your gender here? How, how, do, you, I how don't. do you respond? I mean, come on, Luke. You and I have, have, have participated in a different sport, but I think it's pretty obvious which one of us is better at the said sport. I'm just saying that, you know... We're Why is not she not saying what the sport is? Is this some sort of... What is... You're not included. You don't go. You don't go to these yeah, trainings Clint, anymore. You're not included. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I, got, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, listen, if if they wanted this to be more fair, why weren't those women in, in bathing suits? Come on. Yeah. Then we would. <laughs> then I would have been cheering for them to fall in the water. <laughs> White bathing suits. There you go. Listen. Um. Yeah. I just. I'm not behind that. I'm sorry. I. I want to stand up for women, but um. If if we're going to war, or if you know my life depends on something, I I want the most capable person, and generally that person is going to be a man. The, yeah. the the responses here were uh, pretty funny. We got Rob Dew saying participation medals for all. 
<laughs> Metal Maga says this is better than satire. Raymond G. Stanley says time to join OnlyFans, lady. <laughs> and uh, the, I mean, the, the articles here, uh, one person saying stunning, brave, empowered, boss, bitches. <laughs> and um, a lot of people bringing up, why does this bring me back to wipe in out? And, uh, of course, uh, this highlighting the Chilean gangsters watching this <laughs> is also pretty Yo, that's an incredible comment. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the comments here are, are, are pretty pretty awesome as, of course, uh, you know, th- this spurred on a lot of kind of not politically friendly conversation that uh, a lot of people are. <laughs> and, again, I'm just laughing at the response here. But but but, but I, I think this is... Oh, no, there's, there's even more... <laughs> This is another video from the United Kingdom showing uh, a, a woman uh, police officer apprehending a, a criminal, or at least trying to. And I'm gone. I'm seeing. I'm gonna walk away, lady. I'm not even gonna run. I'm gonna stroll away here. He speed walks and she still can't catch up. But 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 yes, gender norms have been destroyed by the left to the point of absurdity, to the point where we're seeing videos like this. And in 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 my response, you know, a lot of people are are making kind of sexist comments here in response to all of this. Do you respond to this? No, 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 no. We're 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 above that, of course. Uh, but but this <laughs> he is in a seven minute fucking voiceover of the most sexist shit I've ever heard. I couldn't help it. I couldn't control so it. Great. I was I was just like I, I was like oh I was just so triggered by by this oh, whole thing. Uh, but but there are some people taking it and and saying women shouldn't be police officers. And I, I think this conversation was originally started by Sam Hyde a couple of years ago. And he came out with specific commentary saying if he gets pulled over by a cop, he starts uh, a woman cop specifically. He starts praying. Now, there's nothing against nothing against women in, in general, but but this does spur a kind of interesting conversation where society is trying to make women more kind of girl bosses. We see that kind of representation everywhere. There are gender norms that uh, I, I think shouldn't be kind of questioned, but but there is a way of uh, addressing this and dealing with this in a kind of more kind of respectful, honest way. But with the way that just everything has been kind of shoved down our throats, this is why we kind of have this automatic kind of like funny response to it. But in reality, if you look at a lot of this kind of woman empowerment movement, the biggest victims of it are women and they are hurt and they are uh, given uh, not, not, not real realities. And, and they're given this false sense of, of kind of living that, that essentially puts them in danger. And there are always exceptions to the rule, but there's a reason rules are rules. And I, I think if we could able, if we could get anything out of this conversation, one, it's hopefully just being able to laugh at the absurdity of the situation, but, but, but two, a more kind of honest conversation, um, agreeing that a lot of this propaganda is detrimental, is not good. Sure, you should be empowered to do whatever you want. You should strive to do what you want. You should always have the opportunity to to do whatever you want. But scaling back requirements for women police officers and firefighters and, and SWAT team members just to allow them to be on the force when they can't meet physical standards and quotas is a wrong idea that's going to get them hurt and other people hurt. And that's something that I think needs to be called out. Agree yeah. 100%. Also, while we're at it, uh, the men on the on those teams or whatever should also be held to the same standards. We've we've laxed on there as well. Yeah. And um, I, you know, there's plenty of police officers who can't catch criminals 
girls who couldn't, uh, you know, do the physical stunt. So let's not stop at women. And it should be if you're going to have police, we should have the people that can actually do the job. Well, be the brightest and, and, and yeah. healthiest, as of course, some police uh, departments have literally been caught trying to hire the lowest IQ kind of participants because they know that they'll be able to follow orders more conveniently than uh, more intelligent officers. And there's also a thing when it comes to fat cops that also should be discussed here, honestly. But you can't discuss that because in this woke culture, you can't question body women's empowerment or someone's full bodily form. And, and sadly, those conversations are becoming so taboo that we're having the inverse reaction to it and rather having a, a normal conversation you have uh, a conversation that is centered around its kind of absurdities i mean the, the principled argument here is that we have to get back to meritocracy if you if you Absolutely. actually are merited to serve in that role then god bless and who gives a fuck about your your sex or your race or anything else but but if we're going to be lowering and, and focusing on anything other than merit, then you're going to see disastrous scenarios like that. That's a funny one. A scary one is when your pilot doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Or That's there's a, a real, real life hostage yeah. that, that is literally being captured by criminals and gangsters and you send in the, the <laughs> female SWAT team to, to get to you and you're one of those hostages. Fuck, man. You're if fucked. you're on the other side yeah. of any body of water, you're dead. I, I, I think no matter what, what your political viewpoint is if you're a victim of a violent crime, do you want like a woman showing up or do you want like some I giant- want the most capable person. Who cares what their gender is? That's exactly the point. If the most capable person is a woman, and I mean, come on guys, everybody's seen a woman who could take on a man. Like there's a few of them, but they're few and far between. So if it's that person and that's the most capable one, by golly, send her in. Well, but-, but see, this is the thing. On the inverse of that, we all accept the fact that like, Women, there's going to be way higher percentage of women that are going to be like preschool teachers, and no one ever goes. This is this is really sexist against men. Why don't we have more men teaching our four year olds? It's like because it's fucking totally uh, like in have, alignment with how they are seen formulated. Those people like who work on rigs, on oil rigs, out in yeah. the like. I don't know any woman that wants to do it, and if you want to do it and you're capable of doing it. By golly, you have my full support. Right. But if you expect me to get on an oil ring, you know how many nails I'll break? <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. I don't want to be there. I, I mean, Thank he, you. Here's a fundamental truth, and I know we're talking about first responders, but when it comes to the military, if you send all the men in, of your country, right, and they die, you still have a country. If you send your women off to war and they all die, you don't have a country anymore. Yep. Absolutely. Well, welcome That's to good. Ukraine, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and in Ukraine, they're literally sending a lot of women to fight on the front lines, which is just absolutely crazy. A person on Twitter made the comment, time to lower the bar instead of hiring capable people, I suppose. I literally, I, I spent 30 minutes researching, making sure that this wasn't some kind of like Reno 911 <laughs> satire skit. 15 of those minutes were just laughing and crying <laughs> my eyes out. The other 15 was doing just legitimate research because I did not believe that this was true. And it is. And if you're a victim and if you need the SWAT team to come in to help rescue and save you and you're in Chile... It's a lucky thing Chile doesn't really need a SWAT team, I guess. Well, crime is also going up in Chile. It used to be a very kind of Catholic conservative country that is leaning more left. I actually thought about moving to Chile and just living there. Uh, but uh, I'm very happy I didn't. I spent a month in Chile. I loved it. I love the people. I loved uh, the the culture. I love the Piscos. I love uh, you know the, the senoritas there. I had an incredible experience. 
they had a hippie compound in the middle of the woods that was a secret community. I had a lot of fun uh, in, in, in Chile, and it definitely went a lot more left recently. Maybe there'll be some kind of Javier Mili Bukele kind of revival since the, the country is predominantly Catholic, but we'll see. But, but again, a lot of it went very far left, like Latin America usually does, and uh, to its detriment. What's so, but, frustrat- what's so frustrating to me is like, it's not just you know. There's obviously there's way way overrepresented is the term that they use. These DEI lunatics, these woke psychopaths. Women are way overrepresented in education. Black people are way uh, overrepresented when it comes to the NFL or the NBA or really any sport for that matter. Nobody looks at that and goes like, "Man, we gotta gotta get more white guys. Uh, you gotta have a automatic tryout." But when it comes to the coaches in the NFL, you have to. You have to. By, by rule, you have to interview a minority candidate for coach, but there is no fucking rule when it comes to, to interviewing or giving a tryout to a, a minority or a, or a non-minority, I guess, a Caucasian, even though the Caucasians are the minority in the fucking professional sports. It's so obviously slanted towards one direction. I think when people, when people realize that, like... They may realize it, and it doesn't really matter when we're talking about sports because we just want to have the best athletes. But when you see it when it comes to first responders, when you see it when it comes to pilots or soldiers or anything that matters, all of a sudden, it, like the the stark reality of it, these fucking ladies, these little lupes that can't get across that water, you're like, all right, yeah, there's a difference. There's a biological difference, is there not? It we looks have, like uh, the solution to racism and is not more racism. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's common sense. As if, as if you know, a, a lot of people sadly are not hearing that message enough. We got a, a one last mysuperchat.com from Ricardo saying, "Point of view from a Mexican American born and raised in Denver, Colorado. First of all, sorry, I am not trying to be a hole to Martha, but it's not like she said earlier the fact that the, our government is handing out all the help." to this new influx of, and then the mysuperchat.com kind of went away. I don't know what you're trying to describe there, Ricardo. Uh, But I I thought the immigration debate was interesting. I thought the conversation about what's happening in Florida is also very interesting. I think you guys also provided a lot of very interesting insights to how local politics works here in Florida and and just how crazy it is. Uh, And I want to thank you guys for for coming on the show. I thought this was a very kind of insightful, uh, funny uh, conversation that was just as informative as it was hilarious <laughs> in many levels and we thank you guys for sharing your kind of professionalism and insight and dealing with our unprofessionalism <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and and humor as well. Um, Martha, thank you so much for, for uh, coming on the show. We're going to have Conservative Ant coming on this Tuesday, 6pm and then Joey P. Tunes coming on Wednesday, 6pm Eastern as well, all here on thebestpoliticalshow.com. Make sure to subscribe for that because when you do, when you reach 100K, Clint gets tasered. We're almost there. Clint (laughs) is going to be tasered live on camera. I want to be here for this. uh, Martha, you you can bring a taser too. And then we'll make sure that Clint gets double tasered when we reach 100,000 subscribers here on rumble.com forward slash we are changing. It could happen any moment. It could happen any time. Clint's ready for it. He, He already got the approval from the doctor. Clint's doctor said his heart is A-OK, nope, ready didn't to happen. go. Didn't Two happen. hours straight of these <laughs> Two hours straight oh of God, just uh, getting tasered. Martha's going to be here for it as well. So <laughs> make sure to subscribe, and we're going to be there at any moment, at any time. Martha, 
where can people find out more information about you and uh, what other links do you want to share with our audience? Um, well, they can find me same place at Bueno for Miami on social media, uh, all of them. And um, the only link that I think we can uh, come up with now is our social medias because that's where I want people to see what's going on with the Florida legislator. Um, but just to be clear, it's not just Florida. This is happening around the country and this is how everybody's legislature works. Not just Florida. We're just, we live here, so it's easiest for us to see, but don't be fooled. This is how it happens all yeah, across the country. Just extrapolate. This yeah, is, this is, wherever you're at, it's listen, happening Listen, this there. is the free state of Florida and that's how it happens here. So if you're not in a free state, you can assume that it's happening and way worse. But do you get, did you guys get that number by chance? Yes, we sent yep, it to same. Luke. Okay. And Seth. It, it, yeah, yeah. I don't have you, Clint. Sorry. No, it's okay. I just want to no for our audience. I just wanted to put out the phone number so they can call and try and get that bill. Close yeah, now. yeah. If you guys could say it now, that'd be easy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and you could we could wait until Martha pulls that. Up yeah, go ahead. And, there's uh, many of yeah. them though. It's a lot of fad. different. Yeah. Let's focus on fad. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say if you can, especially if you're in the Greater Miami area, call Representative Thad Altman at eight five zero seven one seven five zero three two. Tell him to vote no on House Bill sixteen thirteen that we should have the right to grow our own. We should have the right to have free enterprise our own businesses and remember. If you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Uh, let me repeat that number just for the people that didn't get it the first time. So that's uh, Rep. Thad Altman at 850-717-5032. Tell him to vote no on HB 1613. Michael, if people want to find you, where can they find you? At Mike G. Thompson on Twitter. At Liberty Lockpod on X, I got a new episode of Liberty Lockdown dropping tonight at 10 Eastern. And I will have on live... <laughs> At 9 Eastern, Dave Smith on Liberty Lockdown. You can find it on Rumble, YouTube, X, at Liberty Lockpod on X if you want to watch it. Don't miss it. Alice is excited. She's barking. Steph, what's up? 